shortcuts to Goose IPA. We don't need to be the only beer you drink. We just want to be the best beer you drink. No internet connection? Or using too much data? No problem. With Spotify Premium, you can listen anywhere, anytime. Try Premium Free.
My head. 
All right, we're back. We're finally back. Uh, I don't want to say back in the saddle. Is that the way best way of saying it? Back in the saddle. Off I, 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 th- I think that's the right way. <laughs> <laughs> Off topic with Steve Spanup, Randy Zelia. Hey, guess what? We're back, and then we'll be gone, and then we'll be back again. Uh, really appreciate uh, Steve Spanup and our producer, Anthony Zarita, is here as well. Uh, you know what? We are now officially ending the dog days of summer. Today's date is August 24th. This is a listener-supported broadcast through BackSportsPage.com, Rampo College of New Jersey, and WRPR Radio FM. Hey, Steve, uh, you know, people can find us all over the place, but we have a really big show tonight. I think we it's illegal for the amount of show that we have. I think we have uh, I, too much show. I think we have too much show. We've got to cut it in half. That's and, uh, it. I, know, no, I, can't, I can't work like That's this. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I, shut, I, the, shut the mics off. Shut, shut the, the mics, mics off. off we're going home. Shut the mics off. Shut the mics off. We're going home. All right, so... Uh, real quick, you're listening to Steve Spanup. That's me. And my name is Randy Zelia. That's him. Thank you very much for uh, making us a part of your week. We have, a very, like I said, a really big show. We have Pat Leonard from the New York uh, Daily News going to be joining us to talk about the New York Giants. We'll talk about Odell Beckham. A lot. I mean, we have a lot going on. We have anyway, a lot right? going on. We have, we're going to talk about the Kyrie Irving trade. Hey, did you uh, did you know that there's a fight this weekend between uh, oh. Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather? A fight? Apparently, yeah. There's uh, a little bit who? of a fight. May, May who? Mc- Mayweather. Oh, May- Mayweather. You know the forty-year-old oh. boxer who's undefeated who only puts himself in fights and he just r- runs around a ring in a circle. That's it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's all he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all he does. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have th- we have that going on. Hey, uh, Steve, uh, you're on social media. Why don't you let everybody know where yeah, you are? Yeah, yeah. Instagram, uh, Steve Spanos. Uh, um, um, Twitter, Steve Spanop. Um, what else? Snapchat, Steve Spanop. Easy, you know. Spanop. S P A N O P. No, it's not not bad at all. I'm on Instagram at Randy BSP. I'm also on Twitter, Randy BSP. I'm on Facebook. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. If you want to listen to some archives of the show, we're going to get all of our previous shows up there so you guys can take a listen to it, as well as BackSportsPage.com, of oh, yeah, course. Yeah. You have an interview that's going to be coming up with Marty Lyons. It's oh, gonna be almost finished, so man. You know, I've been saying that for about you know five months now but <laughs> yeah yeah uh we have a lot of different things going on i was at giants camp earlier today we had orleans darkwa um kenny Wynn. you know cut a couple different guys uh, talking with us we'll get, maybe we'll get something to that as well we also have eric webb coming up bill ingram is gonna be breaking down the celtics Cavs trade I, th- I think that's actually probably where we're going to start off but first off i'm gonna put anthony's microphone on guys we've been, it's been two weeks uh, what have we learned in the two weeks so far that we've been gone in the world of sports? Uh, that loyalty is dead in the NBA, and it always was. That uh, what I think, what I feel that the NBA should head is coming true. I, I love the whole mixing up of teams, you know, trading here, trading there. I love to see that. I think it brings more. I probably said this about a month ago or two, and uh, on on air here too. Where it, this is where it should be. They should be trading players around like this. It, it's great. I think it's awesome. It brings a lot of a lot of uh, publicity to the NBA, and it's. I think it's fun. I, I think it's awesome that Kyrie just got traded. Two big players, the last player in the draft and the first, first player. player in the draft. Yeah, it's, it's I amazing. I think that's great. And although, it, it, it's. I mean, he's the last player in the draft. He's playing to a, a you know a high standards. I think you know in, in a point guard position, and I think he's going to do some do well with us uh, uh, the Cavs. I'll be honest with you. I like the trade. I think Cleveland won the trade. Agreed. I think Cleveland won the trade. I think Boston. Look, people are going to slam the Celtics for, you know, he he played after his sister passed away. Where's the loyalty? It's still a business. 
and not for it's nothing. It's still a business. Maybe he wanted to be traded. Anybody think about it, that? No, he didn't want to be traded. He you don't think he, so? No, he was embraced by the city of Boston. I think any. You have to look from a player's ego standpoint. When a player is embraced by a sports city, yeah. they you know they're the talk of the town. They can go to any restaurant they want. They can they get free meals. They the people you know people love them. Yeah, the the city of Boston embraced Isaiah Thomas. Uh, the problem is here. It's a business, and when you have a player like Kyrie Irving who hit you know not for nothing. I love LeBron James. I think he is the best player in basketball. I think he is the closest thing to Magic Johnson we've had since he played. Oh, yeah, for sure. All but, around, right? But let's face it. It wasn't LeBron James hitting that what ended up being the game-winning shot in that NBA Finals Game 7. It was Kyrie Irving who yeah. hit that. Uh, Anthony, can you look up uh, the stats for Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie Irving? They, they both averaged. Uh, yeah, they both averaged. Points a, per game. A lot like of big points 20. per game. Yeah. But I think also the key is how many games they play too because Kyrie You're is, right, yeah. is injury plagued I, I think I um I think uh, Thomas is too though I, I'm not sure if he played a well, full I, season Isaiah yet. had a hip surgery at the end of, at the end yeah. of the playoffs yeah. so now I'm going to break down the whole entire trade I mean, yeah, they also got, what, Jay Crowder out of it. They got yeah. the Nets' first-round pick, which is probably going to be pick number one. <laughs> I'm going to throw, <laughs> right? throw a stupid a stupid stat at everybody in about a minute. Actually, I'll do it right now. So you think about it. They had the Nets pick this year, and they have the Nets pick next year. This, 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 this is Boston. They could have traded this year's pick for Paul George, and they could have traded, obviously, the pick they just did for Kyrie Irving. So Admit, you could have yeah. ha- had Gordon Haywood, Kyrie Irving, Yeah. Paul George. That's three players right there. That's, yeah. and That's a big three. And Al Horford on that team. And Al Horford. Yeah, a big three with the, a bigger guy yeah, at center. With, with Al Ho- <laughs> a taller, uh, I know, mean. The big three with <laughs> Al Horford. <laughs> so true. I know. Yeah, so it's, how, do you, how, do you, how do you mess that up, you know? Yeah, well, I don't know if you messed it up. I don't know if you messed it up. I just think it's one of those things where it's, you know, I don't know. I, we just hear a, we hear a banjo playing. By the way, uh, jo- jump on Facebook Live. That's you. No, no. This I have. Uh, I have. I guess ESPN is on. Or yeah, yeah. ESPN started going. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there we go. A little background <laughs> music for you little guys. Little background out there, music. You know? By the way, that's Steve Spanup right there. We are on Facebook Live right now. So yeah. go to uh, my page. We probably should start going Facebook Live on our page. Th- but that would be great, yeah. But, yeah, but we yeah. need to uh, get people to come over there. So yeah, yeah. Randy so just has such a huge following. He does. Yes, this, is, this is true. He has more people following him on Facebook all. than me. So that's without a doubt. Don't, you don't even have a Facebook page. <laughs> 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 let him. Let him make you look good. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was making it look good. Two zero one eight two five one two three four. Two zero one eight two five one two three four. Join the conversation. Uh, about ten minutes. We're going to have Bill Ingram on. He'll break down the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, Cavs trade a little bit more. So. Uh, Anthony, do you have the full trade up? I have, yeah. I have, I have some stats for them, and I'll get pull up the trade now. Yeah. I okay. mean, it, what? So it was Jay Crowder, the pick. It was Jay Crowder, Thomas, the pick. And they, some also other got, guy. they also got a four and seven footer. I don't remember his name. And the Cavs, all they gave up was Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And yeah. they freed up $20 million in salary cap. I mean, I don't know. What did you guys think about this trade? But, I mean, in my book, the Cavs won that. Cavs won this trade. And now yeah. the interesting part is there's another domino to fall in this whole entire mess. And that Domino's name is Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Dwayne Wade is going to be working to see if he can get a buyout. And if Dwayne Wade gets the buyout, if Dwayne Wade gets the buyout, then 
it gets even more yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> because then the buyout comes. So what does Dwayne Wade could do? Is he Dwayne uh, Wade will join does, Cleveland? Does he come off the bench? Yes, and then start J.R. Smith over. No, I think he starts over J.R. Smith. So J.R. comes off the bench. J.R. comes off the bench, becomes a sixth six man, yeah. and then it gets even more interesting after that. You know what happens after that? Then Carmelo adds Cleveland back to his list to, to, to be traded to. And that'd be really interesting. And then you, then yeah. you, and then you can either trade Kevin Love or Isaiah, or Isaiah Thomas. See you, see you, Love. Got to yeah. go, man. Well, you know? I don't even know if it'll be Kevin Love. I think it might be Isaiah Thomas because they already have Derrick Rose. Unless you decide Derrick Rose is I not forgot all about Derrick Rose. That's yeah. right. He's like the... Uh, I, I totally forgot about him in that equation. And Isaiah Thomas is probably going to want a lot of money. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, then there's the thing. Do you, but either way, you're then you're trading a one-year rental for another one-year rental because Carmelo's got a uh, player option as well. Yeah. So let's, let's jump over to the phone line real quick. Really interesting, yeah. Let's, 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 get, let's get somebody on here. You're on off topic around here with Steve, Randy, and Anthony. Hi, this is Bill from Fairlawn. Oh, okay, Mr. Ruggles. I didn't say that. I said Bill from Fairlawn. Uh, okay, Bill, sorry about that. How are you? <laughs> Good. So I just have uh, a few comments to share with you and your listener uh, audience about the uh, Cavs-Celtics trade. Okay, go for it. I'm a lifelong Celtics fan. I've, uh, I grew up in the area, and uh, even though I live in the metro New York City area, never lost my passion and support for the Celts. In fact, I won't wear anything else green except the Celtics shirt. Uh, I think that short term, it looks like Cleveland got the better of the deal. However, I caution you to kind of store your words away, keep, keep an audio tape or videotape or some kind of a record because we won't know for sure for at least uh, until next June, uh, after the playoffs have been completed. And I think Kyrie Irving, when you compare him to the other players that have been talked about, Isaiah Thomas, of course, who was part of the trade, Paul George, who we passed over, he, uh, he's gone. He ended up going out with, um, uh, let's see, the Thunder, right? Yes, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City Thunder. And then Jimmy Butler went from Chicago to Minneapolis. Correct. Now, if you look at all of the comparative stats, I've heard some people say, oh, they're amazingly close. Um, you know, points per game, I think Kyrie's above all three, although they're close. Uh, Isaiah was 19.1 in terms of his career. Um, Paul George is about 18.1. And then uh, Jimmy Butler, 15.6. They so say, what about the intrinsics? Um, I think that Kyrie Irving uh, has been an NBA champion. He's the only one of the four who, who, who've been compared who has won the NBA championship. Uh, he's been to the finals now, correct me if I'm wrong, at least three times. Is it maybe four? Three. Um, I, think it was, I think it was three. Yeah. Three. So he won one, lost two, but again, he's been in the championship. He's been in the final game. Um, I like his intrinsics. He made some clutch shots. One in particular in the Year that they won the championship, um, he's uh, six foot what six foot three yeah. versus five foot nine. Yep. You know Isaiah as much as I loved in this past year. I mean, last three years he was with the team. We picked him up, I think, toward the end of the season in uh, 2014. But last two years he's really been the heart and soul of the Celts, and I really, you know, appreciated what he gave. He gave his heart, his soul, his spirit, everything. 
blood, sweat, and tears. Um, but he just had too many liabilities on the defensive end. There were too many things that he couldn't do. He, get, he could get posted up very easily because of his height. Um, I really like him, and I hate to lose him, but I think next June, I think Celtics fans like me are going to be very happy with the change because Kyrie Irving is going to come in, become a leader right away, become a leader by example because he's been there, he's done that, he knows how to get the other team, the other players on the team to kind of kind of put those final pieces together to become champions. And um, I actually think that that the Celtics ultimately will come out on top. But it does, it's true, it does look like they took a hit on this one. We gave up uh, two very good players. We gave up that draft choice. The, the, the third player we gave up, no one even talks about. He may not even make their roster. He may, he may get yeah. dropped. The seven-footer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even know who he is. He's a <laughs> we used to, when, I, when I was growing up, we used to call guys like that stiffs. Yeah. We had a guy named uh, High Hank Finkel. Anybody remember him? High Hank Finkel. <laughs> wow. High Hank Finkel. Can't seven say that I do. One uh, you know, probably I think seven foot one, hundred and ninety five pounds. If wow! Was, yeah. I don't think he was two hundred pounds. Talk about getting posted up, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, just, he just couldn't do anything underneath, but he yeah. had the height. Yeah. So you know, that's who he reminded me of. Bill, I, I got a question for you though. Sure. And, and you mentioned you know Kyrie going to three finals, hitting a game winning shot. How many finals did he go to without LeBron? Well, this is where he's got something to prove, and I like that too. You're correct. It took. Uh, being the teammate of LeBron James to get to the finals. But I think he's ready now. Remember, also, he's 25. He's the youngest of all the guys. Oh, yeah. I think Isaiah's 28. 28, yeah. Uh, the other two guys up here are 27. So, you know, he, he's, got, he's got still time to grow, time to learn, time to prove himself. That's what I'm hoping. He's going to go into the TD Gardens, and it's too bad we don't have the Boston Garden anymore. But it was it was it was a relic of the past. It was you know a dinosaur. So TD Garden, he's going to go in there. He's going to look up the rafters. He's going to see those banners. He's going to say, "Shoot, I could become part of this legacy." And it's been you know a couple of years now since they won the NBA championship when they had uh, uh, Pierce and um, and um, oh god Ray Allen. Yeah, Ray Allen. Garnett. And Garnett. And, yeah, and, and Garnett. Garnett. So that, that, that year was a banner year. But it, we've, we've had kind of a dry spell since then. We, we won another championship. We got close to the <coughs> – we got to the um, uh, Eastern Conference Finals this past year. Yeah. <coughs> Just couldn't get by LeBron. I think this piece plus this uh, – we have two, two uh, one second-year player and a, and a draft choice that has played very well during the summer season – I think if he can stay healthy, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, we know they're going to play, what is it, um, is it the opening game of the season or Christmas opening. Day they're playing? Opening day. Yeah, it's opening, opening, day. opening game of the season. Opening, opening day? Yep, opening so game of the season. Yeah, October 17th. They're, they're in the Eastern Conference. They're going to have several matchups start out the season. Obviously, last year I think um, San Antonio blew out um, Golden State in their first meeting, which meant nothing. Because they were still trying to, you know, establish that chemistry. Yeah. But I think uh, if the if the Celts can establish the chemistry with this new mix of players, I like Brad Stevens. I like his coaching style. Yeah. I think he's done a great job of adjusting from the college level to the pro level, and I I think they're ready to go to the NBA Finals this, this next year. 
Bill, I'll, I'll throw one question out at you, and I'll see what you want to, see what your opinion is of it. Is the Dwayne Wade situation now in Chicago? Yeah, wouldn't that be interesting? I, I heard some talk today of him perhaps being reunited with LeBron in Cleveland. Yes, the the talk is now the buyout of him possibly uh, with Chicago and then ending up in Cleveland, which also might lead to Carmelo adding Cleveland back to his wish list, which the Cleveland would then have the assets to move him, whether it's Kevin Love. Or it might be Isaiah Thomas. So it it really, we're not done yet. <laughs> yeah. The NBA offseason's not still, done yet. Uh, still early. We've got uh, two more months until, <clears throat> I guess it's a month since till training camps, and then two months till uh, exhibition games, and then the season in early November. Uh, you know, um, Dwayne Wade was a great player. I just don't think, I think he's a shell of himself now. Part of it has to do with, you know, recovering from some of the injuries he sustained over his career. Great player. As long as he can play a role, I think he can be a definite contributor. Uh, he's been there. He's done that. So he has that championship mentality. He and LeBron have great chemistry. Uh, regarding um, uh, Carmelo Anthony uh, from the Knicks going there, he's certainly not happy in New York anymore. But he also is, um, you know, an, a, a relic. He's, he's, how old is he, 33, 34? We're talking about uh, Le- LeBron. LeBron, uh, no, Carmelo Anthony. Melo, yeah, uh, same, same age, I think he is, anyway. He, I mean, he's, he's a primarily an offensive threat. Yeah. He really doesn't play the other end of the floor that, mel- that well or that much. He just doesn't have that passion. He's not that, um, I don't know, I've, I've lived in the New York City area, obviously, the last 30 years, so I've followed all the New York City teams. None of them have, have gotten me to, to change my loyalty from the Boston area teams to, to New York area teams, but I obviously I see them every night on the news, sports. Um, I you know read them in the papers, I hear on the radio, but I just don't um, I don't think Carmelo Anthony is the kind of player I would want on my team if I needed someone to play the whole court. He's strictly offense. Well, Bill, I really appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time tonight. Sure. And, and thanks. I really enjoy your show, and I'm going to continue listening. So thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bill. Okay, so that's let's go over to the other line. Off topic with Steve Spanner, Randy Zellia. Who's joining us now? Bill Ingram. All right, Bill. Wait now, a second. Wait, 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 is this? Right, we, this just, we just this had this Bill is, on, no? No, no, no. We had a different Bill on. Okay, now right, now right. we have Bill Ingram. Right. Bill is going to now educate us again. Um, but um, I do agree with the other Bill about <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, as does George Carl, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all right, so talk to us now, your opinion, who won the trade? Well, I got to say, we're going to find out in, uh, like, late May, because uh, I, I immediately thought, wow, that's the icing on the Celtics cake for the summer. What an incredible, you know, Danny Ainge, just go ahead and give him the, the Executive of the Year award. Um, though Minnesota's going to give him, you know, Thibodeau's going to give him a run. But then in talking to other people, they're like, whoa, can you believe that the Celtics, oh, man, the Celtics gave up too much? I'm like, really? Because Isaiah Thomas is a very good player, undersized, which has been part of his driving motivation forever, uh, that he's used as undersized, and so he's got to outwork everybody, and he does. Uh, and he's a, a, an electrifying player. So on the one hand, I don't think, and Jay Crowder it will be the best three-point shooter on a team that really needed a consistent yeah. three-point shooter in Cleveland. But when you talk about what else Boston has done this summer, in particular adding Gordon Hayward, 
And now you've added a guy who has proven in the finals and has rings and is and has outshone LeBron. And that's why he wanted out of Cleveland was the LeBron show. I think Boston, to me, I immediately went, wow, Boston just, just won the East. They still can't beat uh, the Golden State. But they just won the East. So there's an argu- argument to be made that Cleveland – you know they made out great. I mean they did, and and the perfect trade is one that benefits both teams. But to me, when I look at Boston, was not in the discussion. Gordon Hayward's a very good player, but he's not the finisher, the clutch. Like he hasn't proven that consistently. Kyrie Irving is that, and there's no question. And when you get into the Eastern Conference Finals, it's going to be that matchup that's going to decide the series. And Kyrie's going to eat Isaiah Thomas alive. Yeah. I, I agree with you, and there's also the other piece, like we were discussing, was the Dwayne Wade-Carmelo Anthony factor. Uh, Dwayne Wade gets the buyout from Chicago. He ends up with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Do we see all three of those guys, and Carmelo Anthony ends up there too, do we see all three guys re-signing with Cleveland, one-year deal, then Chris Paul coming over as well? That's the question, isn't it? Because now that we've seen uh, that Houston didn't get the third piece they needed, Houston didn't get Carmelo. Houston didn't get Paul George. Houston is a star short. Yeah. Or, you know, rotation. I don't expect a whole lot from Dwayne Wade. Look where he is in his career. It's a perfect situation. He can go and contribute. He'll have his night. But he's not called upon to shoulder a particular share of the burden uh, offensively, ever. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, you look at Chris Paul. Does he have a rough year with James Harden where you can't figure out who the point guard is and there's not enough ball to go around and that team doesn't play any defense and Chris is the defensive-minded player, always has been? There are a lot of reasons that could go wrong in Houston. And then there's Chris Paul going, yeah, I'm getting towards the end of my prime. It's time for me to win a championship. And since that's what everybody's doing, oh, let's all go play on one team. Wow, yeah, you could see that. And if Chris Paul goes, now you have more of a reason to at least worry Steve Kerr and the Warriors. If not, I don't think Chris Paul can beat them. But at least it's a worry. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that too. And and my my big problem is right now with the whole entire situation is it shakes up the NBA. I'm I, I like LeBron. I think LeBron is a great player and look when if the NBA had as many platforms as it does now when Jordan was around playing when he was, it'd be just as crazy, if not crazier. So, yeah. I, so I think that we all have to look at this perspective of LeBron doesn't have many years left. He's 32 years old. I think maybe he's got about three years left. I can't picture him from a competitive standpoint going out to L.A. or going into that Western Conference Knowing how stacked it is, that Minnesota is on a team on the rise. They got Towns, they have Wiggins, Mm -hmm. they have Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, yeah. Yeah, they have they have a very 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 good team. And then you start throwing in the, uh, the obviously the Warriors. You still have Harden in the Rockets. You have whatever's going to happen with Westbrook. San Antonio. Yeah, you you have San Antonio. You have Westbrook and and George. If, George, whether yeah. they whether they stay in OKC or if they both pick up and travel together to the Lakers, so you have all these different situations. I can't. See, I know LeBron is a very very smart person, and he is uh, very. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
he he plans out every move. He, you know, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's very decisive of what he's going to do. I cannot see him going out to a loaded Western Conference. Yeah. And no chance. Yeah. So if he has yeah. the opportunity right now to stay in Cleveland for another three years and have the opportunity to just go to the NBA Finals and only have to be- beat up his, fi- his his little his little sidekick Kyrie Irving for the last that he's had for the last three years to do it. Yep. He'd be stupid yeah, why not leave? to. Yeah, why, why leave? leave? You know? Why leave? Okay, so Kyrie left. You still have Isaiah Thomas. You have J.R. Smith. If you pick up Dwayne Wade, then you can start Wade and put J.R. on the bench and let him come off the bench, which he likes to do anyway. Yeah. And, yep. then, and then, you, then you have to make some decisions about Kevin Love and what you're going to do with, if you have the opportunity to get Carmelo Anthony. You have to think long and hard on whether you want to make that move to bring in Carmelo Anthony because he can destroy a team. An offense, he for will. sure, right? Yeah. 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 He will. Yeah. I mean, that's just look what he's done. Carmelo track record. Carmelo says, "I want to win, but I want to make sure I get my twenty-five and and ten boards while I win." Yeah, <laughs> you know? true. So true. Yeah. So they they have a lot of decisions to make. Uh, Cleveland does, and right now their roster is filled. Their yeah. ro- their roster is filled. So if any type of move they're going to have to make, they're going to have to start cutting players, waving players, and eating more salary. But the move of the Kyrie. Moving Kyrie, what it did do is it opened a lot of money off of that salary, that, that's the luxury tax they have. Well, and that you also have to look at this. If you're Cleveland, there's only one team in the NBA that is certainly better than you. The problem is it's a team you're barring multiple injuries. It would take multiple injuries for Golden State not to win the West. Or some crazy LaMarcus Aldridge uh, evolution that we're not, it's too late in his career for us to see. Yeah. Probably. But you're going to face the Warriors. That's the only team that is clearly better than you. And in the East, now you, you have one challenge, and all of those guys have to be healthy. I mean, heaven forbid Kyrie went down like Isaiah Thomas did, and now the Eastern Conference Finals is meaningless. But you're going to spend most of the season coasting. LeBron's going to get many, many, many days off like he did last year because they just don't need him to win. You know, you can go out and blow out three-fourths of the Eastern Conference without him and not even miss him. So where would you find, you know, and as you very rightly point out, yeah, okay, go to the West, and now you got to play San Antonio a whole bunch. you got to play Golden State a whole bunch. you got to play the Thunder, you know, wherever you land even the Lakers, you're going to face a much tougher schedule where LeBron, you cannot give him nights off unless you're also compensating, okay, we're going to lose these games. Yeah, and, so, the, and the West is much younger than the East. I mean, I mean, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think... I mean, the, look at Minnesota. They they could be as high as three. I mean, you, you don't know. I have a hard time believing with all that youth that they're going to be as high as ESPN seems to think they're going to be. But I also could see that happening. You know, if every if Jimmy Butler is the missing piece, the Thibodeau is, which I I believe he is. Does that all happen in the space of one season? And they're that good. I mean, could be. The West is tough, even though we know who the winner is. But the battle for second is is tough. In your opinion, at this point in time, is there any chance whatsoever that Cleveland just decides? LeBron gives them any any inkling that he's going to leave, that by the trade deadline they just start doing everything like a fire sale at that point. Only if 
first of all, LeBron is telling everybody in his inner circle um, that he's staying, that this is, he's going to finish his career in Cleveland. If they're getting that clear indication, if they believe him, which, you know, he can say that all he wants, but do you believe it is the next question. If you believe that, you're not having a fire sale. But if something goes wrong, if the, if Isaiah Thomas doesn't fit the way it's you know, it's not as easy as 2K where you can construct your team and everybody plays great together. If there's a problem and you get to the trade deadline or close to it and it's not working and you're falling out of the, I mean, I can't imagine that happening, but you're falling out and, you know, and Boston is running away with it and maybe, but man, that would be hard to sell to your fan base, wouldn't it? No, that'd be terrible. It'd actually be a terrible thing to know that if LeBron James is leaving. I think, I think with all these different things that are going on now, I think if Kyrie would have stayed with him and gone into camp with him, then I think he probably would have bailed. I think now that Kyrie is gone, I think there was a lot more to that story than we all know. I oh, think, for sure. And for I th- sure. I think that at this point in time, we are now at a point where... I think we're now at a point where LeBron James is... The, you know, It's his team until told otherwise. And I think... Kyrie Irving didn't want to be sold on a was sold on a bag of bad goods. I don't want to say that because it's not true. He um, he basically was sitting there saying out loud to everybody that you know he I think was it was it was it him or was it his, his inner circle that came out and said they never agreed to like LeBron coming back to Cleveland that it was supposed to be his team and then LeBron came back. I had heard something of that sort. So I don't know if you had heard that. I don't remember which which one it was. I want to say it was the inner circle, but now that you, I'm not for certain that it was. You know, it's so hard to tell when the everybody's so busy tweeting they miss the details. Uh, trying to get the story out, not not getting all the details right. But it was Kyrie's team, and the, what may and we don't we don't know. I'm sure he will reveal it in his time. Uh, what may be the case is Kyrie was still the guy. He's still the one that delivered. He's the one that won the championship for them. He's the one that shut down Steph Curry and made the big play to win the championship for Cleveland. And yet, who gets credit? One thing I know for sure, because I've talked to executive friends about this, I got frustrated because all you hear about, oh, LeBron has really taken the Cavaliers. Let me use my Bill Walton voice. Clearly, LeBron is the leader of that team. He's really taken the leadership role. And he's turned the Cavaliers into the greatest team ever. None of that's true. Kyrie Irving is the one that did all that. And LeBron's getting the press. And you have to be an awfully humble person, and you can't be that humble and be a point guard in the NBA, as good as he is. You'd have to be really humble to be able to sit back and listen to the media, give credit to LeBron for something that you, yourself, who have who was drafted, you were drafted there, you built that team from the ground up, you made them a very good team to where LeBron, they were LeBron away from a title. Like, it's awfully hard to sit back and let someone else take credit for that, even if it's LeBron James, who many people, I would say, improperly have named, you know, the best player in the league and all that. Uh, that's tough. Uh, that'd be very, very tough. Very, very hard to do. And he couldn't do it, as it turns out. Well, Bill, listen, I, I, we're against the clock here. I appreciate the time. And, you know, of course, always your insight. You're our, you're our yeah. go-to NBA All, guy. Always, so, always, Bill. So we really <laughs> appreciate you coming on. Well, I enjoy it. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. 
the the great Bill Ingram. Guy's awesome. Yeah, I, always, I, he's he's always there for like our beck and call. Yeah, and yeah. he's down in Texas, always covering for us. Last, you know, we we have to move on to the next uh, next thing here for uh, something or nothing. But my my final thing on the trade is, I do agree with what Bill from Fairlawn had to say, that we have to see how how it all turns out. But right now, clearly, because also look at that Nets pick. Yeah, that Nets yeah. pick. If for some reason the Nets are bad again this year, Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland can win the championship and then end up with like the number, number two one, pick. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's, it's the insane. most ridiculous thing in the world. It really is. And it really is. So we'll see how the whole thing plays out. All right, um, let's bring in Anthony. Anthony Zarita, who's our, our producer of our show here. He makes sure we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Best producer we ever had, by the way. Throwing oh, it out thank there. Nice. I'm saying it right we're, now. We're, we're not. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anthony is awesome. He uh, he keeps us going. We're right. Right now, we're gonna do a little something or nothing. Something or Nothing is brought to you by Level 1 Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, 615 Route 23 South, Pompton Plains, New Jersey. Visit M, Cynthia, Tim, and the rest of the crew there, and they will, uh, you can bring your game to the next level and relive your past. Go to Level1Games.com now. That's right, Level 1 Games right now. Level1Games.com right now. Check it out. That's on Route 23 South, Pompton Plains, New Jersey, Level 1 Games and level1games.com. All right, Anthony got something or nothing for us. Anthony, let's do it. Okay, Deshaun Kaiser named starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Something or nothing. Does that mean Brock Osweiler locked up the job or lost the job? Um, Steve, you want to go first? Who want me to go next? Um, yeah, I'll take this one first. I, I've mentioned it before. I wish the Jets would have dra- drafted Deshaun Kaiser. I think he's a great kid. I think he's got great skills, great talent. I, I think he can really be a good quarterback in the NFL, and uh, that, that team is young. Uh you know, Brock Osweiler, we've seen him. We've seen what he's done already in the NFL, and it hasn't been too much besides the Broncos, which were already a, a good team already. So I, I think it's something. I think this shows that they could be moving away from Brock, like every other team has been doing, and move into a younger, better player in, in Kaiser. I, uh, here's where I think it's something, because the Denver, not the Denver Broncos had made some moves. I think there's a lot of these other teams had made some moves. I think now you're at that point where... I don't know. $16 million. They're on the hook for 16 yeah, mil. Yeah. And he still now can't get off the bench. Denver saw something in him when Peyton got hurt a couple years ago, and he couldn't just get out of his own way in Texas, and now he's in Cleveland, and now yeah. he's uh, res- designated to the backup. If you're Cleveland, do you cut him and take the salary hit? Nah, I mean, he's going to be the, one of the better backups in the league, though, I guess, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. I mean, uh, if you're gonna pay, if you're gonna be on the hook for that that money, regardless, I'm gonna have them, you know, play my backup role. Regardless, that's me. Um, if I'm Cleveland. By the way, guys, at 7:45, Matt Berkson, back sports page, uh, fantasy football analyst, will be joining us to nice. uh, talk fantasy football. Real quick, uh, Asaf Langer joins us right now. The captain. How are you? The How captain. You the captain Anthony, the captain's going to join us in here for a little something or nothing. All so right, uh, let's 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 add the let's let's go to the next one. All right, so on, on the same NFL token, okay, so the Broncos have said that Trevor Simeon is the clear starter. Does that say more about Simeon, or that does that say that uh, Paxton Lynch is a bust already? Asaj, you want to start this one off? Um, I'd say more that uh, Trevor Simeon. Um, I don't know if he's labeled Paxton Lynch a bust yet, because he really hasn't had a chance um, on the like in, during the regular season. Um, you know, I, I think that you know they're still. They're still trying to figure out who their quarterback is after Peyton Manning. Uh, they're kind of piggyback off what you guys were just talking about him with Brock Osweiler. You know, they thought they found the guy there. Clearly, he didn't work out. Um, so, try Trevor Simeon, maybe give him this year, and then uh, 
and then see what Pat Finland can do. I mean, even if he doesn't play this year, he's he's still relatively young, and he's you know he's got plenty of time to uh, to show what he's made of. So I uh, I don't think it's anything to uh, to really look into as a uh, as a bust yet. Uh, ability, but not yet. <laughs> yeah, agreed, Soph. I, I wouldn't call him a bust yet. But I do think the Broncos know what they have in Trevor Simeon because he started last year. He had a very solid year. He's still fairly young where he can move forward and still grow. And I think he's a good quarterback. I've said it here. I think he's better than Lynch. I said it last year. I'm going to say it again this year. He's going to be better than Lynch. And uh, I think the kid's going to have a, a solid career over in, in Denver. Just because he's named the starter now, this is why I don't think it's I think it's nothing. Just because he's named the starter now doesn't mean that Lynch can't work his way into the starting job down the road. That's uh, true, too. Yeah. So that I don't think it's nothing. I think a lot of the stuff during the preseason, during these preseason games and training camps, is just an exercise now. And, again, being, being around it a little bit more, uh, you know, during the offseason for the Giants, I'm learning a lot more about the process. And training camp and training camp and the preseason games are not, not for the starters or not for the veteran players. It's pretty much for those last five, five or six spots on the roster. Yeah. So I don't look at this as a, as a big thing. Okay, so next one. So talks between the Rockets and the Knicks regarding Carmelo Anthony have kind of hit a standstill. Is that something or nothing? We've been hearing the same thing now. This is why I think it's nothing. Uh, we've been hearing the same thing now for close to three and a half months. That It, it comes down to Ryan Anderson's contract. And the pr- fact of the matter is the Rockets do not have the assets to make this deal for Carmelo Anthony without a third team. They need to find a third team who's got $16 million that they'll be willing to part with to give to Ryan Anderson so Carmelo Anthony can go play with the Houston Rockets. The Knicks are in danger of going into camp with Carmelo Anthony and to be a huge distraction for their youth movement and franchise. I think it's a, I think it, it's nothing because this is nothing we haven't heard before, but it's something because you're, now we're getting really close to training camp, and now that Kyrie Irving has been moved, uh, Carmelo's next on the list of, of having to switch teams, and it'll be very interesting to see where he ends up. Steve? Yeah, uh, you know, you took the words out of my mouth on that one, Randy. I believe it's it's not much. We've been hearing the same, st- you know, hoopla for for a while now. Hoopla. <laughs> <laughs> hoopla. Word of the week, hoopla. Hoopla. So, yeah, I, I think it's nothing. Uh, Asaf? Uh, I'm going to have to go with it's more of an annoyance. Um, yeah. I like to, kind of what you said. Uh, I don't think it's anything that no one's ever heard of, that no one's heard of. You know, like you said, in the past three, four months, it's just getting kind of old, you know. Uh, so I would actually just say uh, it's definitely not something. I think it's nothing, but I think it's more than just nothing. I think it's just um, kind of getting onto the verge of being annoying already. You know, just, just make the deal. Let the Knicks do what they need to do already, you know. Uh, I mean, I think Carmelo's kind of, you know, holding them hostage with what he's doing because they can't really move on from him. Uh, without getting the right stuff. I, I get that it's a business, but uh, I think it's just now more of uh, annoying already, just hearing the same story over and over. Alrighty, so uh, we are talking about this a little bit off-air. The, the NAACP has uh, requested a meeting with Roger Goodell. Is that something or nothing? Regarding Colin Kaepernick, of course. Saf, you want to start this one? <laughs> um, I think it's going to end up being something. Um in my personal opinion, I think it should be nothing. Um, I, was, I was actually talking with a buddy of mine who's a Niners fan, and he was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of annoying. Like, I, I wish they would have just not had released Colin Kaepernick. And I had to kind of correct him and say, listen, Kaepernick decided to opt out. He didn't get released. He decided to bring this up, you know, to, to opt out of his contract. He also decided to bring this upon himself. Like, 
he must have known what he was getting into. So, um, you know, it's a, it, I, I understand his purpose, you know, all the power to him, but if you're going to do something like this, be ready for the repercussions. And if that means that you're not going to be on a football team, then so be it. You know, I mean, you 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 decided to opt out of a very nice contract that you were going to get paid a nice amount of money. Um, you decided to kneel or protest, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, unfortunately, I, I personally think it should be nothing. But I think uh, I think in the end it's going to turn into uh, into something very big. Yeah, I think it's something, and it's definitely becoming something bigger than uh, everybody even thinks, and which is impossible, you know, originally we, that we thought, you know, a week ago. But it's definitely becoming bigger. And, uh, yeah, it, the guy is doesn't have the talent, in my opinion, to play uh, a starting role in the NFL. And I think he still is going to want too much money uh, to even get into the NFL or be signed by an NFL team. And it, it's just it's tough to, to try to force a team to, uh, to pick up this player and to play backup we're talking about, you know. So, I mean – it, I think it's something. It should be nothing, but it's definitely something. And I don't even want to bring up, the, like you said, the playing abilities. Like the guy is clear. He, he's not a. He's, he's a. He's a good, obviously a great athlete. He's not a good quarterback. Yeah. Not, I mean, not let's not, let's not forget a guy named Tim Tebow. I mean, the guy won a playoff game. You know, yeah. takes a good team to uh, the playoffs. Does really well, and exactly. he can't get signed either. I mean, where's everybody backing him up? Where are the, where are the people? Trying to you know get him into the NFL, force him into. I think there's a, a minor league role. baseball team that'll back him up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, hey, you know what? The Mets have, might have something to say about what you're talking about now. He might be called up to the Mets with what they're doing. So yeah, you never I, know. Hey, listen, I said Colin Kaepernick. What he should do? He should go back to baseball. He could, could probably still throw 97 right now. <laughs> he was a gr- he was a great pitcher uh, in Nevada, a great pitcher in high school. I mean, why not take yeah. his chances at it? You know. Yeah. I, I, he's clearly not going to be signed by an NFL team. I, I yeah. mean, I'm pretty sure the NFL. Every single team has basically basically sent out the signal. He's not getting signed this year unless it's an absolute, absolute emergency. And it has everything to do with his talent ability, nothing to do with what he's done, in my opinion. It's, it's a lot of controversy he's going to bring to a team for what he's done, but his, his talent is ultimately is what not, is not, is not going to get him signed. You know, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is in trouble. I mean, you're not, the Cowboys aren't going to release him tomorrow because the guy can still play. I think it's, I think it's like a 90% thing that they won't sign them and maybe 10 percent they don't want to have to deal with everything yeah. and all the other baggage agreed yeah I agree with you on that 90 percent maybe even more is he's just not he's not that good yeah he's really not i i agree with you he's on conventional quarterback yeah a great a great defense brought him to the super bowl a great defense and some some really good key uh, key players around him so exactly i mean he had four passes to win the super bowl and he couldn't connect on one of yeah them. agreed so, completely there you go so not that I'm bitter. Not that I'm bitter. <laughs> 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 All right, Southless, buddy. We're against the clock now. Um, thanks for giving us a call, man. We always we always love having you on. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. You got it. You too, Soph. Bye. All right. So now, you know, just the, my last thing with the Kaepernick thing. I I don't think it's anything, but it's now it's obviously turning into something. Yeah. And look, we live in a very, very, very sensitive society now. Is that the best way of describing it, guys? It's very, very sensitive. A very right. sensitive society. 201-825-1234 is our call and number. Uh, waiting Matt Burkson so we can discuss a little fantasy football where you guys are going to have to take over that because when it comes to fantasy football, I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I am like I am like the like, I am the anti, like, like oh, all right. I didn't hey, even know. Are, are, are you a big fantasy guy over there? You know, I got a funny story. I'm in a draft right now. 
You're <laughs> guys in the draft. All right, pick what, what pick do you have? I had to pick two. What did you take? Oh, who'd you I go took, with? I took Le'Veon Bell. Ooh. All right, that's not a bad pick. Who, who, who went one? Uh, David Johnson. All right, David Johnson. all right. Well, maybe Matt Berkson will be able to. That's what I'm hoping. Matt, maybe Matt Berkson yeah. will be able to help you out here. He's going to give you the advice. Let's uh, let's bring in the, our back sports page fantasy expert, Matt Berkson. Matt, how are you tonight? Hey, Randy. How are you, sir? All right. You have uh, Steve Spanup, Anthony Zarita here with you as well. Awesome. What's up, guys? How's it going, Matt? So right now, so this is actually the perfect thing for you to call in while what's going on because Anthony's in the middle of doing a fantasy football draft as we're speaking. So. Um, I have to ask, if you had the number two pick right now, who's your pick? Well, we're assuming David Johnson goes first, I assume. Precisely. And then, uh, I, I think you got to go Le'Veon Bell. Boom! Yes, that's yes! what I did. That's what I did, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I kind of had ESPN. I knew you did, and I didn't want to make you feel bad say somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I, I, I believe in it. <laughs> yes, it was somewhat obvious picks. I'm not going to be too proud of it. But uh, then I took uh, Brandon Cooks at 27 and Doug Baldwin at 30. I thought that was okay. I'm trying to build a decent wide receiver core here. I mean, there's a lot of things that come into play, though. And, and Matt, being a big fantasy guy, probably knows this, too. Rules come into play. And yeah. is it a PPR league? Yes. You know, what yes, kind of league is. is this? Is it is it favor running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers? What so you know? Does it does it have a kicker? Do they have defenses? A lot comes into play when you when you're drafting a team, right, Matt? It's 100%. You have, you have to know the rules. you got guys like Danny Woodhead or Theo Riddick in a PPR league have value. You take them out and put them in a regular standard league, they drop considerably in terms of their ADP. So you have to know the rules first and foremost. Hey, man, let me ask you something. This particular year, every year has their drafts where they're loaded with quarterbacks, running backs, etc. This year, are you loading up on wide receivers, running backs, or are you, sh- are you reaching for that quarterback? Uh, I, I don't think you ever really need to reach for a quarterback. If you look at, at kind of the stats year over year, there are guys like, like Stafford again last year. Surprisingly, he was like number six QB. He had Bortles in the top 12, believe it or not, as bad as he is. So, so I don't think you need to reach for that, but there are difference makers. And at some point, you know, in probably the late second, early third round, Aaron Rodgers is a very good pick if you're not getting the top-end guys. Now, I happen to have uh, the number one pick in one of my drafts coming up next week. I'm going to be taking David Johnson. Number two, I would take Le'Veon Bell. But right after that, then there's the run on receivers, if you ask me, before you get to uh, running back three, LaShawn McCoy, probably in like the mid-second half of round one. So it really depends where you are, and there's definitely a flow to this, and that's why I encourage everybody to do as many mock drafts as possible so they understand kind of where people are to drop, where those tiers are dropping off. Yeah, yeah. What about, uh, what about Odell for, for, you know, Brandon Marshall being added to the team this year? You think it's going to open up a lot of uh, PPR? In- Ingram, too. Yeah, and Ingram, yeah. Uh, I couldn't be more excited over the last few months about Odell. Like, he's a guy that, you know, I was even considering taking number two overall. I, I loved him, loved him, loved him. Then, of course, the dreaded injury Monday night, and we don't know now. Uh, listen, everybody, yeah, he'll be fine, he'll be fine, he'll be fine. Uh, we just don't know, you know, even if he plays, remember, these guys are not 100%, and there's a chance of re-aggravating an injury. You do research on, like, a high ankle sprain, and the healing, uh, you know, period could be two to six weeks. But even during that time, you can re-aggravate it. So there's a little bit of a red flag as much as I love him, and he's playing for a contract, basically. So, you know, I have him number five overall right now, but if you went and took somebody over him because you were concerned with the injury, I, I can't even fault that, you know. Yeah, you know, I was, about to say, I was about to say, if I had if I had to say to you who is going to be the best quarterback to pick for a fantasy football league right now, who would you say it would be? Right, right now, you, you, you I, I don't see how you wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers number one. If that, if you're asking me who the quarterback one is, okay. then it's got to be Aaron Rodgers. Has to be. To me, of course. 
Okay, so, I mean, it's easy to pick all, like, the top-end players, uh, but let's say, like, maybe give you, like, your top three, if you can, top or, five. Or Anthony's going to give you what pick he has coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's coming later. I'm still a couple picks so away. So this is who's available, Matt. <laughs> now, what do you think? <laughs> who, who are, like, your top three, maybe top five, if you can, sleepers? Uh, it, it depends on position. I happen to be very bullish on the rookie running back class this year. I think there was a needed injection of talent, young talent at, at the running back position, and I think top-down, like, I think it starts at the top, McCaffrey and Cook, Dalvin Cook, that is. Yeah. I, I love them, but then I love them all the way down to even you hear a guy like Tariq Cohen on the Bears is going to be getting maybe eight, ten touches a game. Good PPR guy. And also, uh, you know, Jordan Howard had a great year last year, but he, had, he has an eye injury right now. Uh, they did a little procedure on him, so it's worth keeping an eye out for him. Uh, a guy like Kareem Hunt, I think, behind Spencer Ware in Kansas City is great. And I definitely love an Alvin Kamara. He's a, uh, kind of a Darren Sproles type. And with AP on the team, I know people still love that name. I wonder how much he has in the tank. Ingram is certainly solid, but Alvin Kamara is going to see some third down work in PPR, and he, you know, you can have him in the mid to late uh, anywhere in a draft at this point. Matt, bringing it to the Giants, uh, I mean, I was telling Randy before off air that uh, a Gollum looked great. What about this kid? I'm sorry, who, who did you ask about? A Gollum. W- Wayne Gollum. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne Gollum. Oh, okay, Wayne, Wayne Gollum. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to believe in the Giants running game at this point, to be honest with you. I am not a Paul Perkins guy at all. I have him probably lower than anybody else has him ranked. I just don't think he showed that much. I think, if, if anything, you're, you're hoping he just gets a lot of opportunity and holds off the other running backs on the team, whether it's Green or Galman. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't see uh, from Wayne. I, I don't know. The Giants, still that tackle position is an issue. I, I think you know, you're hoping at this point, I think Brandon Marshall is healthy and Odell are healthy and Shepard steps up in another year and they really go through the air. Maybe Ingram contributes a little bit. But I'm not, I'm not in on the running game. Sorry for all the Giant fans. I know we're local. Um, but th- that's kind of a position I, I would stay away from. But Galman, you can have for free, basically. So, yes, sure, I would rather take a flyer on him later in rounds than go for Paul Perkins in a mid-round. What about tight end position? For the Giants, it's just overall. 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 I mean, Gronk is leading the way. Then, then right behind him, you have Kelsey. I think Jimmy Graham's going to have a, a very nice year. He's one year off the injury. Um, I, I'm still, believe it or not, I'll, I'll take the flyer on Jordan Reed, depending on how the draft falls, even though he is Mr. Injury. Um, but, a, but a guy who nobody really talks about that much, and I think is, a, is incredibly solid and could even have a top five year, is Zach Ertz on the Eagles. Uh, he, he was in the top ten last year, and this year they signed Alshon, who they admitted is not exactly up to speed yet with the offense. You know, they got rid of Jordan Matthews. You have Aguilar playing a key role now. Uh, it's not looking good. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for him, and I think he has a good rapport with Wentz, who's now in his second year. So I, I think Zach Ertz is like kind of this under-radar guy, mid to late rounds that you can get, and uh, definitely fill a hole if you, if you go running back receiver early. So uh, Martellus, Martellus Bennett just went to the Packers. Did his value go up or down? Uh, I think his value went up because now he's not – uh, you know, behind Gronkowski as he was last year. But at the same time, they're, they're, they do have a lot of targets to spread around. But yeah, I mean, I like him like kind of, I have him as my number 10 tight end right now uh, on, on board, kind of in that third tier of tight end. So if you really, like I say, you line up your team early, running backs, receivers, uh, he's certainly a fine guy to start, but I don't think he's going to be like that impact year he had on the, on the Bears two or three years ago. Uh, so I, I, but he'd be solid. He's okay. Uh, on the same token, Greg Olson, you know, the Panthers offense kind of stammered last year. So does he have the same value, or do you think he's just kind of, uh, his, you know, his you know, volume's going to kind of go down a little bit? I think, I think Olsen is as solid as they come. I would have no problem taking him as a, a top five uh, tight end off the board. Yes, they got McCaffrey, who I am a big fan of, and targets will be spread a little bit. But, but he has a rapport with Cam. 
the offense. They love him over there. So uh, he's like a solid, solid pick. The thing is where he's going off the board, I think, is also a drop-off for a kind of a, a good tier of receivers. So in all of my mock drafts, I haven't really taken him that much simply because uh, I want to go receiver over usually where he goes. Oh, well, well, personal question. If he's up in, uh, the, <laughs> in, in the 55th pick in, in round four, would you take him over Jimmy Graham and Jordan Reed? Uh, oh, good question. Well, I have Jimmy Graham ranked ahead of him, so I would take Jimmy Graham first, but that's just my opinion. Well, I mean, I will trust you. So if he's still there, uh, you know, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> We're blaming you, Matt. In two, in two months, either, yeah. either I'm going to be boasting or in a witness protection program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's money in the line, man. Watch your back. <laughs> I think you'll be boasting, Matt. I think you'll be boasting. Oh, that means anything. Now, Thank you so much. I, so now I know we're sticking on the tight ends a little bit, but Tyler Eifer, obviously a very great talent, but he, just like Jordan Reed, maybe even more so, is common, is frequently injured. So do you think do you think people should take the chance on him? Uh, when you have, That's such a great question. When you have a guy like that who I think you, at this point has established himself at that, quote, injury risk, I think you got to move him down a little bit. I mean, I love taking risks, but the guy's got to be on the field, and he just can't seem to play a full season. Uh, my concerns in Cincinnati is they got hit on the offensive line or losing two starters. So, you know, there still will be opportunity because they don't really have that number two. But he's got to be on the field. So, yeah, I rank him, like, behind the Olsons, the Grams, even behind the Jordan Reeds of the world. But he's in that, like, third tier where if there's no great receiver or running back for you to go there, then that's a great place to take a risk in, uh, with the upside for, for Eifert. So now uh, sw- switching it to quarterback, you know, Marcus Mariota, not really known as, like, a gunslinger. But would you would you say he'd be like a solid fantasy quarterback? Or are you still gonna take luck if he ever gets on the field, or maybe you're the traditional quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger? It's really a great question. I you know I'll tell you this: a few months ago, like, and I'm saying in the spring. I mean, I, I do this. I'm like crazy person about fantasy. Like, I'm like a year-round guy. Like monitoring. I'm like, how are they training in February? Will affect them in August? So I was on I was on luck and the and the Colts offense. Like, just coming out of last season, I thought like everything looks good. They're fought together. But this luck injury has lingered and lingered, and some probably time probably around April, I said, he's not going to be ready. Like, when you haven't thrown the ball for three months after your surgery, that's a big problem. So I'm downgrading them really, really far. Like, Andrew Luck right now is my 15th receiver. I just don't know when he's coming back. And if he comes back even week one, that doesn't mean he's coming back at 100%. So I have Mariota before him. I have Mariota as my 10th uh, uh, quarterback. But I don't trust that coaching staff. They say I got Corey Davis, who's the top receiver in this draft, or, you know, top drafted receiver anyway, but he hasn't really practiced. He's been injured. They've got a lot of weapons, so I think he's solid, but I'm not taking him ahead of the Cam Newtons, the, the Cousins, the Wilsons, Breeze of the world. So he's kind of that back-end QB1. Uh, I, you know, I don't really also trust that coaching staff, to be honest. I think their coach is on the hot seat for this year. Yeah. You know, also, let's shift over to defenses right now. Um, you know, we're, I'll stick with the Giants because, like, because that's sort of what I'm around a lot right now. Their defense ranked very high last season, but they're not a really big sack team or an inter- or an interception team. Where do you put the Giants as far as your order of picking? Maybe your top five defenses in fantasy football. As if you have ESP, Randy, that they are my number five defense right now, um, behind the Broncos, Vikings, Chiefs, and Seahawks. Um, I think they're going to be very solid. But you know, defense, much like kickers is more of a crapshoot. It is very matchup-based. I mean, you could make an argument that you could just try to match up the defense that plays the Jets every week, you know, and have success. Sorry to all the local Jet fans, but the reality is this team is as bad as they've been. This is, a, this is an all-time roster right now in terms of, of the lack of ability for them to probably push the ball down the field. So, so I think the Giants can be solved. You just want to punch them in every week. Uh, they're definitely going to have uh, a lot of games where they score you points. 
Um, so, I mean, very solid. I, I'd have no problem riding them if they were my defense. Okay, and what, and what are some of the other, uh, Steve, I don't know, did you, I, I, did you have something first? Before? Yeah, sure, sure, go, I got go some questions. It. You go know, uh, since I am an also a fantasy guy here, uh, I'm going to throw a little curveball at you. What about a keeper league? Who would you take first in, in a, a draft in, in, in for you in a keeper league? Are you going to go quarterback? Are you going uh, running back, wide receiver? It, that's such that's such a great question. Uh, you know, I, most people will say you want to in a keeper league you want to focus on wide receivers because they have more of a shelf life than yeah. a running back. But if you had the number one overall pick, I mean, David Johnson is is just entering his prime window. Yeah. So you could expect that in the next three to four years, uh, he should be good. Now, if we're really looking, and I, and I love this, and such a great question, I love thinking this really looks like the last year for Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald. So what will the what will the Cardinals look look like next year without them? They don't really have their, ne- the, you know, their, their kind of Aaron Rodgers sitting on the bench, uh, and certainly not. There's no receiver there. John Brown can't stay healthy. So, so you could say, hey, maybe that's nerve wracking. So then maybe you want to say, hey, do I want to take an Odell who's still you know, also entering his prime? You know, I, I think you could go any one of those top and top end talents kind of way, but it all depends on. I'm also in an auction keeper league yeah. with a hundred. We just did a hundred thirty thousand dollar budget. Nice. Minimum beta 300. So in that case, if you're in an auction league, I'm in two auction keeper leagues, you can really just bid and get all the guys you want. Um, you know, and even if they had a great year, you have the ability to trade them going into next year, you know, which is great. So I think you want to get them. The reason why I said get like the number two, get the get Le'Veon Bell earlier, when you can get a difference maker and you can only start nine guys, maybe ten, you want those difference makers. And, and Le'Veon Bell is just that kind of guy so that's why I say stock up on him now and you can always trade them even in a keeper league yeah I mean he's a running back pretty much playing in a running back position I mean a wide receiver pretty much playing in a running back position as well too yeah but at the highest elite level I mean when you look at points per game yeah you know exactly I mean actually I don't depending on your scoring like in most leagues I do the quarterbacks wind up the most the high scoring ones but you can only start one so that's why people wait on them you know, another another. I had a friend ask me the other day. He said, "You know, I have the fourth overall pick. Who am I taking?" I said, "Oh, maybe Julio Jones, this and that." And then he reminded me he's in a two keeper league, two QB league. I said, "Then you got to you got to take Rogers." Yeah. You know, of course. That's why rules are so important. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And and I mean, I've seen so many rules. I mean, changes drastically between every league. You know, it's just you just can't really say it's a, there's there's no really an ESPN standard anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. And they just changed the PPR. So. You know, it seems like PPR is, is the it's the way, way to go. The future, yeah, it's yeah. the way to go. I, I mean, I like PPR. For me, it's fun. You know, it brings out you know these bottom players that really don't really got do much unless they're in a PPR league, like you said, like a Danny Woodhead or something. Totally, I think it's more. Fun. It's always more fun when there's more stats. I also like yeah. fractional yeah. scoring. I have no problem <laughs> they do special team scoring. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Individual, you know, stats from getting from like a, a punt return or something like that. You get you catch somebody like that. You know, uh, they actually they're not they're worth something. You know. Totally. All of a sudden, like a Tyler Lockett has more value. Yeah. And you have to do deeper research. So I like that. Like tonight, I have a draft, and it's just with like my my wife and her family. And by the way, my wife is the commissioner of the league. Nice. <laughs> I don't know if I trained her well or picked well. I don't who, know what I did. Who, who had a better record last year? She did or you did? Uh, she, she did. She wow. Did. Oh, all right. All right. Oh, <laughs> I like wow. it. You're, you're honest on air, I like too. It. I love it. Yeah, I would have probably have lied. I would probably would have lied. Do you have a gun to your head? Be honest with this. <laughs> 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 well, is she standing I, I, behind you? Yeah, I used to lie, but then I met her. And oh, yeah. <laughs> but she's in the next room, so I, don't, I can't, I can't oh, risk it, you know. She's listening. She's listening. It's, don't worry. We got you. De- definitely. But in that league, we're only doing 16 rounds, which to me, uh, you know, doesn't require as much research. So, you know, but I love it. In, in one of my leagues, we're, we're in 21 roster spots with three taxi spots. 
so I, I love it when the most random guys get go off the board. You know, like I'm bidding on Marquise Goodwin. Uh, you know, who's the, like number two wide receiver on 49ers. Yeah. I do think he'll have a role, but in an 18 person league or 16, even, he's, he's not getting, you'll get him for free on the waiver wire. Yeah. Matt, we're against the clock here, buddy. Let everybody know where they can find you. Great. I'm on Twitter. The handle is at a football friend. And uh, definitely love to have you back. We're looking forward to seeing you uh, mm-hmm. yeah, contribute a, a little bit more there on Back Sports page. I have a draft coming up, Matt. We don't have to talk again, you know. And, and <laughs> anyway, yeah, send me an Outlook invite. I'll get it in my calendar. <laughs> you got it, buddy. <laughs> All right, guys. Take All right, care, thanks, Matt. thanks, buddy. I gotta tell you something. That went real quick. He came on, but <laughs> he nailed it out in 15 minutes. He held me out. And I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Anthony's now winning for the championship. Yes, yes. All right, let's I, I wouldn't doubt that this guy probably wins championships. And I'm, I was surprised when he said his wife does better than he did. Like, <laughs> I mean, he probably wins championships in can the five you, leagues he's in. You can know? you imagine that dinner conversation? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm in a league with my girlfriend, and she actually won the league I was in last year. One of the leagues I was in with her, nice. and. Uh, in in the finals, it was two girls. Really unbelievable. Well, huh? hey, yeah, girls football fans too. I know <laughs> they're starting. To c- they're Girl, starting to come girls around. Like, girls like play football. They're starting too. to come around. These girls. I don't yeah, know. I, I I, in my opinion, they're just getting lucky with those. Oh, those. oh. <laughs> oh lord! I hope she's listening. I'm, too, not, I'm not with him. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Your girls are getting lucky with those picks, man. Are you kidding me? So it was nice working with Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On, in, uh, in other news, Steve ended up, uh, you know, <laughs> murdered, <laughs> buried what's in a this, somewhere. What's this new ad on Craigslist? <laughs> Looking for a new co-host. Um, <laughs> so, uh, real quick, let's quickly reset. You listen to Off Topic with Steve Spanner, Brandy Zellia, producer Anthony Zaritas here. Really appreciate you listening to us live every single week on WRPR ninety point three FM, and you can find us on BackSportsPage.com. Follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Off Topic BSP or Off Topic with Stephen Randy on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Randy BSP on both Instagram and Twitter. And Steve is at Steve Spanup on Twitter. Spanos on Instagram. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you're Stop. not on. You're not on Facebook yet. Not yet. We're yeah. still working on that. That's Randy keeps on beating me every time. This is a six month. Six month. This is like a six oh month yeah, project. You're in six I'm month project. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an eighteen month project. Eighteen month project. <laughs> I'm trying to get you on Facebook. Oh, yeah. um, and you can follow the show like oh, we're sitting there saying on uh, both Twitter and Facebook. Uh, listen to the show archives on SoundCloud. dot com slash off topic with Stephen Randy, and also we're on iTunes. Uh, Anthony Zarita is keeping us busy. Uh, what do we have coming up right now? We're going to have a New York Giants talk. And we were talking about the Odell Beckham injury. Real quick, let's just recap everything we were talking about. We had Bill Ingram on earlier to talk. Uh, also, Bill from Fairlawn. Well, yeah. We spoke about yeah. the Kyrie Irving, uh, Isaiah Thomas trade. We also had... Uh, the captain, Asaf Langer, join us to do a little something, something or nothing. nothing yeah. um, maybe we'll have a little bit more something or nothing uh, in a little bit with Eric Webb when he comes uh, on more towards the end of the show. We have Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News is going to join us in about five minutes to discuss the New York football giants. Um, and real quick, guys, like I said, we were gone for uh, two weeks since the last time we saw each yeah. other. Um, two weeks too long. Two weeks too long. We had Duff on. Yeah. And I am going to pose this question. Anthony, if you want to put this on Twitter, we can. Um, what is your football food? I like it. What is your football food? We'll put it on Facebook as well. 
Uh, what, 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 what do you think is, the winner is? What do you, what do you guys oh, I'm pretty sure that Wings will take I, it. I was going to say it, too. I was going to say Wings. I'm pretty wings. sure Wings will. Everyone will say that they love Wings. But uh, let's still put it out there because there's some people who like to have nachos. There's some people who will like to have That's true. sliders. There's some people who like to have pot stickers. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Something. Quesadillas, right? I mean, yeah. uh, we, did, we did have Duff on one of our episodes talk about the perfect quesadilla. So, I mean, yeah, if you want to tune into one of those and find out. There's some people who just like to have popcorn. Yeah. There's some people who just like to have, you know. Hot dogs? Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot pretzels. Dogs. Pretzels. pretzels. Hot pretzels, pretzels. Baby. Oh, You yeah. can go to the supermarket now and get those Listen, hot pretzels, man. I get a pretzel at every game I go to. Really? I get a pretzel. I'm a pretzel guy. Is, is now, Okay. We we have, we have four minutes before um, we have to call we have to call Pat and get on here to talk about the Giants. But and I'll ask him too. If there's a, but you have a superstition about the stadium being at the same. With Listen, you. if I do, it's got to change. Is that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> better change? It, it hasn't <laughs> worked. You're a Jet season ticket holder. Whatever <laughs> superstition worked. you have going on Didn't right work. now, Didn't it work. is not working. Not working at all. Um, when I was, this is a story I've always told people. Anthony, I don't I don't know if you've heard the story yet. I think you know the story. When I was an intern with the New Jersey Nets, keep in mind they went to the NBA Finals against San Antonio. This was back in 2003. And during the playoffs, I was one of those people who, as a PR intern, my first part of the job was I, when media showed up to the, to the window at the IZOD Center, I had to give them their credential. So while we were there during the playoffs, we ended up, me and Andrew Greenberg, who I still talk to to this day, Andrew and I would have a pretzel. We did a we did a pretzel, uh, and we didn't have it during the. We had it in the first game against Milwaukee. We didn't have it in the second game against Milwaukee. So game two and Milwaukee won. Oh, and, man. and so Andrew looked at me, and goes, "I can't believe I'm gonna have to eat a pretzel every game." So game five, he had a pretzel. Games one and two against Boston that year, he had pretzels and we won. Games three and four against the Detroit Pistons in the conference finals, he had the pretzel. Game three of the NBA finals against San Antonio, no pretzel. Game four, pretzel. Game five, no pretzel. Nets lose the series 4-2. The pretzel cost us the NBA championship. Listen, guys, who Net fans out there, if you're listening... We're at a uh, five oh five. <laughs> <laughs> the pretzel was not me. Ha- like I ate the pretzel <laughs> because they were good. But Andrew oh, did not yeah, have yeah, the pretzel. Yeah, well, I think, think uh, and they, they can blame Andrew for that one. Yeah, yeah, whole, whole completely. Yeah, and also definitely. at that time they would also serve really good f- food in the press room for us and everything else yeah. like that. But if there was something I didn't like, there was always the go-to hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? You never failed did, with did, the go-to. Did hot they have the thick hot dogs or did they have the thin ones? They had the really big hot dogs. Like it was like the the thick ones. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, most I, stadiums do, right? I guess. I and I always used to put cheese, uh, then a shredded cheddar yeah. cheese, and also put a little uh, spicy mustard on. Yeah. The back oh yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I go to a Yankee game. I always get the yeah sabret right out in uh, right out in the parking lot before I go into the Yankee game, and uh, yeah, I get the spicy mustard on it. You know, just there's you nothing have to like go spicy yeah. mustard got on it. Got it. I don't know. Some people are ketchup people. I don't know. I don't uh, know how you do it. I, I, I would, I would I'm a ketchup and mustard kind of guy. Oh, really? Right. So there you go. One is a ketchup. You put person. both on? Yes, I do. I, I like the combo. Like I like the ketchup, and then the mustard comes in, kind of like a like a finish. A finish. Okay, I like it. Well, I think that's the. Um, I think that's the way to go. I guess. But both. Yeah. Are you both guy? Are you do both too? 
Yeah, no, no. I like. I prefer spicy mustard, but if I can't have spicy mustard, you do hot dog. I mean, you do uh, must, uh, ketchup. Yeah, I, I prefer having the spicy mustard and the cheese on it. Okay, spicy mustard, Mu- mustard and cheese. Now, okay. I, I'm trying it's something different. Too. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to try that though. It might, it might be. Uh, that might be special. You know. Well, yeah. See, the thing is, you you know, you gotta have the you gotta have the the, the mustard. Mustard's a must, you know. I mean, whether you're gonna add ketchup to it or cheese or whatever, onions, I don't know. But mustard for me is a must on a hot dog. Really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I I love the sabret mustard too. I'm a fan. Uh, okay, you're a fan of the sabret mustard. I'm I mean, a, I have, the golden mustard though, but yeah, Gildens, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a, yeah. I thought Gildens or Goldens. It's G U, I think. Golden. Go. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what producer? Pr- producer Anthony. What do we got? We got. We got. <laughs> I think we got him with too many tasks yes, over here. I got <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. I, I'll, I'll say. I'll say. I'll say. Where do we get this producer? I'll say. I'll say it once. I'll say it's the two one five number. Oh, okay. The two one five number. Just call yeah. that number. Okay. Yeah. So uh, as far as the hot dogs, okay. Is it Hebrew National though, or is it Nathan's? Hmm. All right. So I like I. For me. It's not, I guess, like the brand. It's more of the thickness of it. I, I'm not the. I don't. I like more of the subret. I, I am not the, a ballpark thin fan. Yeah, uh, ballparks. They're thin, right? Are they the th- thick ones? No, those are. I don't know why. I think there's like a little bit more meaty. They're meaty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. yeah definitely. You know, what I do like also too. I, I every Yankee game I, I usually get one, but I haven't been in about 20 years. I'm just, you know, I just don't have that time to go anymore. But. The primo sausage, man, that is that's a, that's a must for me at Yankee games. The problem is at Yankee Stadium now they have like too eight, much food. They have too much food. Too many choices. I'm definitely getting a lobster next time I go there. though. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm getting a London broil steak sandwich while I'm at the Yankee game. <laughs> the labels, the sliders. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. last time I went there, I went there yeah. and I and I had sliders. Okay, I, I had sliders were they good? It just felt weird eating sliders yeah. at a bit. What? No. If, are these people who have sushi, and they also have uh, sushi, and they were um, like fish at fish, a game okay. or fresh fruit. When you're at a ballpark, like, okay, I and understand we live nice in a apple. Soci- <laughs> I understand that we live in a society where, like, you know, people Health watch your weight. Like, yeah. yeah, I watch my weight now yeah. too, and everything else like that. I'm okay with that to a point. Yeah, it's the craziness of I need a fat-free smoothie. Yeah, at the game. Like, listen, you know, just. Just eat the food, bro. All right, <laughs> get the hot dog, bro. All right? Bro, just eat the. Food. Just eat the food, man. All right, really? get, get the cracker jacks. Don't be <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I like peanuts too, even though they're peanuts. A mess. Get your peanuts. Yeah, I'm that guy. I got the mess right under me, man, and peanuts everywhere. Do you find that's changed too? Like you go to more games than I do. Or Yankee you, games or just in general? General, in general. Okay. I think you go more games. Well, okay, this is the sports snob in me. Please, whoever's listening, do not <laughs> hold it against me for saying it like this, but. I've become a little bit of a sports snob. Okay. So yeah, you're up in the uh, the booth, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, I'm up in the booth. Um, so you're not really indulging in that that uh, that fan food. I mean, well, no, you, you, not get, really. you, get, you get fan food up there too, though. No, hot dogs, pretzels, burgers. That's fan food, though. Pizza. This dessert, I think, would be kind of crazy because they bring in dessert afterwards too. So you yeah. get like you get like I, Tall I House I, I, cookies. But, here, but here's what I'm saying. You know what I miss. I miss the, um, I miss the days when you're sitting in the stands and all of a sudden someone's yelling, "Hot dogs, get your hot dog!" Like yeah, they, don't, yeah. they don't really have that anymore. Be here. Yeah, be here. You know, be they, here. they don't have that anymore. Yeah, do they, they really don't. Nah, I don't know. Like Maybe. again, well, again, 
I don't know because I'm stuck. Yeah. In, I'm in a room. They, they do sell. I mean, it, it definitely has morphed into something crazier now. It's not just like hot dogs here, you know, pretzels. Get your hot pretzel. Get you know, beer here, you know, hey, hey, get soda. Your, get your hot pretzels I mean, here. It, it's crazy now. They're selling like ice cream and all this other crazy stuff that you just have to go to the booth to get. They're selling all kinds of crazy stuff at these places now. You know, lobster tails, lobster tails. Get your lobster. Well, the lobster tails is just a little. <laughs> That's over the top, ridiculous. right? I, That's over the top. If, if you, if you. If you buy lobster tails at a game, you deserve to be They're banned from this. You, you deserve to be banned from the stadium. I mean, this can be a whole, you know, an hour and a half conversation in itself. But sadly, goes, I think it will be in a total this, hour and a half. <laughs> this goes back to what we've talked about all the time. Are are the real fans going to these stadiums now? Because I mean, the real fan they don't they want a hot dog. Okay, they want, so you know, let me ask you a question. We're in New York, so there's always high demand. Yeah. I, I've not been in the City Field. I've only been to the New Yankee okay. Stadium. City's awesome I've, too. I, right? I mean, I've been to. Um, I've been to you know MetLife. I've been to some yeah. of these other stadiums, yeah. so I don't know what you know. Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News is going to join us now. We'll yeah. ask him because he's been to other stadiums, and we'll also been you know we've also been to different places as well. When I when I was down in Miami, when I was working with ESPN down there, they had um, they made their food at Dolphin Stadium. They made it like fresh for you. So you know, let's let's go to the expert with this. Let's go to Pat Leonard. Pat, good evening. How are you? Randy Zellia, Steve Spanup, Anthony Zarita with Off Topic. How are you tonight, buddy? Randy, very well. How are you guys doing? Long time no see. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, all day I'm listening to Ben McAdoo say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, His hair is cool, though. He, cha- he totally changed <laughs> it. From, he went from mop look to grease look. Yeah, you know, it's, like, yeah. it's pretty good. I'm waiting yeah, to roll up his sleeves. You know, even move anymore. I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you noticed that since camp started, we haven't seen his move, his hair move at one bit at yeah. all? I've, no- I've noticed that. Oh yeah, it's part of his uh, his new buttoned up demeanor. You know, he's uh, he's keeping everything tight to the vest. You know, it's the new McAdoo. <laughs> it's the new McAdoo. Uh, before we start talking about what's going on. It's a McAdoo. It's a McAdoo, yeah. Uh, before we start going on to what's going on in the field, I don't know if you heard the tail end of our conversation. We were talking about stadium food. Uh, you've been in the media for a while now. What, to you, in your mind, who has the best stadium food that you've had from, in a, from the media perspective? Who's got the best food? Are you talking NFL or NHL, too? Uh, you, whatever. Yeah. Let's go anywhere. Let's, let's right? go anywhere. anywhere. Let's go anywhere. <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> no, because uh, the the Boston Bruins always had a great uh, dessert spread. That was that was always one people look forward to. They always have like tons of cupcakes and everything up in the press box. So everyone always looked forward to that one. Um, in the NFL, geez, I, I mean, the Giants don't have the best food, but on game days they have the that omelet station going. Ooh, um, I re- I really love that one. I would say, too, the, the playoff spread out in Lambeau Field last year was something else. I mean, everything you think about when you think of, uh, you know, going out to the Midwest, you know, brats and, you know, nacho cheese and sauerkraut, but, like, you know, the, the best way that they're made, you know. Like, that's 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 the country for that type of stuff. And so uh, I remember Lambeau last year for the playoff game being really good. I remember um, not last season, but the season before, Giants started off pretty well. Uh, that was Coughlin's last year. We started the season off pretty well, and we were undefeated when we had boneless wings at halftime until that Patri- <laughs> until that Patriot game, and then it went downhill. So, <laughs> uh, lesson learned. Yes, lesson learned. Um, last season, you know, not for nothing, Giants went seven and one at home. Uh, so I don't think it had anything to do with the food. I think it had more to do with the defense. Uh, you, I've been out there for a few days of training camp th- this year, but you're there every single day. 
Uh, compared to last season, going in with this defense to this year, has you see, have you seen much of a change, or do you see even a bigger improvement uh, so far? From the defense, I think you could even see something better than you did last year. Um, the reason I say that, well, as good as of a season as they had, you know, it obviously didn't end well for them, and so that's a chip on their shoulder. I think it's good that they come in hungry, even though they were the second scoring defense last year. You know, I think an important part of them being good was not only their swagger, but you know, last year, like Harrison and Collins, those guys, they were all playing with something to prove. And, um, you know, like those two guys, of course, first team all pros, but I don't think they're resting on their laurels at all. In fact, I know they're not. Um, they feel disrespected, you know, whether it's Collins, he felt like he should have gotten the D player of the year award. He finished a distant third in the voting. Um, and, and just the fact that you have Eli Apple coming into his second year, he's put on seven pounds of muscle and, uh, Collins was talking to me one day about how he feels like Eli Apple could be kind of the way that Landon was last year in going into his second year. Um, you know, Landon's rookie year was disappointing and Apple's was pretty good, but, you know, taking that next step and kind of taking charge. And if B.J. Goodson stays healthy and he plays the way, say, he played in that first quarter against the Browns on Monday night, then you're talking about at all three levels of the defense the Giants being formidable. So um, I would say my pick, my pick right now for a player who I think is going to have a totally monster year, uh, you know, Collins too, but I think JPP is about to have an, an enormous year. Um, Vernon, is he- Vernon is healthy. And as a duo, I think they'll both have a good year. But yeah, I think a lot of people think that like a guy like JPP would get that big contract and kind of just play play along. But he he looked awesome in camp to me. And it seems like to JPP, forget the injury aspect of it, but has grown more into a leader because it just seems like there's a there's a different type of team when he's on the field. You saw it last year from the first half of the season to when he was gone the second half, but also the year before when he was sat out because of his contract and his injuries, and he came back, there was a major difference with him. Do you see much of a, um, a difference from the, from a few years ago to now with JPP? Yeah, I, what I see is, you know, along the way of this recovery from the fireworks accident and, and everything, and then with wondering if they were going to pay him, and, you know, it, it's gone from can he play football again to can he you know, be the type of threat he used to be to can he have those big game-changing performances. And so he's kind of checked each box as he's gone. Last season he showed flashes there right before he got hurt. He was really starting to just dominate games. You know, that Cleveland game was a joke. I mean, he was the best player on the field by leaps and bounds. But I think what I'm seeing in camp right now, the difference is that if you didn't know that he had had that accident and blown off most of his right hand two years ago, like you wouldn't know watching him. I mean, he is he is a freak, and he doesn't look like he he doesn't look like a guy who just got paid the contract he just got paid. Um, he looks like he is ready to explode and prove himself and dominate. Um, and he, you know, he didn't get to the quarterback enough last year early on, but he played the run very well. And if you just tack on, you know, a fumble recovery here, an interception return there, and a couple more sacks, I mean, you're, you're talking about a giant defense that stops the run plus terrorizes quarterbacks. Um, you know, I just wonder if they're going to need the defense to win again because the offense so far doesn't look as improved as we would like it to. 
Well, it's interesting, too, because JPP is starting to look like the way he did his rookie year, like he was making those game-playing, uh, game game-changing plays. But also, with your, you know, you're saying that, too, they figured out Dallas like no other team did last year because they realized that if they take away the long ball from Prescott and then they take away him running, he's forced to short, uh, forced into short passes, which he seems to struggle with. And the Giants were the only team to seem to figure that out last year. Totally. Um, and, and, you know, it was interesting. Like in the game, the week one game, you know, the Giants had that, um, you know, they came out guns blazing with their offense. But by and large, like that game, even though it was only 2019 and the other one was 10-7, like Dallas was still moved the ball down the field on the Giants in week one especially. And then in the 10-7 game, I, I still think Zeke had a pretty good day. Um, on the ground. I just think that the Giants, like you said, they kind of contain them, make them work for every yard, um, and, and rely on a defense that is opportunistic and is going to make the offense work. Um, you know, I'm curious how Dallas' defense is going to be because they lost a lot of guys, uh, but they get Jalen Smith, who, you know, he is healthy so far uh, out of Notre Dame. You know, took him in the second round and he sat out last year with the knee, but um, he's a monster, covers, you know, you know side to side sideline to sideline on the field so I'm curious how they'll match up again and if Zeke Elliott is suspended will Prescott put them on his back um, or will the giant recipe you know mean another season sweep for the big blue you know, and one th- other thing about the defense before we jump onto the offensive side of the ball we were talking about the Green Bay game it's also very hard on the defense when they're on the field for more than half the game because that defense got worn down against Green Bay last year how much, I guess we'll transition to the offense here, how important is it for that offensive line to keep Eli and the crew on the field to give that defense the amount of rest it needs to be successful this season? Yeah, no question. And especially the, the running game. I mean, look, Eric Flowers is a guy we focus a lot on as far as pass coverage, as far as being a potential weak link and talk about the pass protection and keeping Eli on his feet. But when you have a defense like this, Yes, you want an explosive offense, and that's the goal. But at a bare minimum, you would really like to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage and run the ball so that you can not only give your defense a breather, but then that's the recipe, you know, ball control. Make the other team, you know, basically tire the other team out, wear them down, um, and kind of assert. Like if, if you can assert the type of dominance even selectively on offense of the Giants that the defense does, by the fourth quarter, the other team will be demoralized. I mean, that's, that's how that happens. Uh, but teams feel like they're still in the game because they are scoring-wise. No matter how the Giants' defense is playing, um, if the offense doesn't make them pay, and you know, three and out and putting the defense back on the field and a predictable offensive scheme. Uh, I was talking to Justin Pugh today. He was saying that, he was telling me, you know, he knows it hasn't gone well so far, but he said he knows for a fact that they're going to be a better running team this year. But I asked him, what, you know, what are you basing that on? And he seems to think that through practice and kind of the way they've been playing in the preseason, that even though it hasn't translated to production in games, he feels like they've been focused on being much more physical than they were last year. Um, you know, there have been breakdowns in other places, like tight ends and receiver blocking, too, on these run plays. But for me, that's where it starts. You know, we want Marshall to work into the offense. You want Engram to work out. You want all these things, but if the run game isn't there, I think you know everything kind of collapses. 
Yeah, I mean, these players are, you know, they're on the field. They're actually, they know what's going on. It doesn't have to translate in the eyes on, you know, of the fan for the players to know that it's working. Uh, with that being said, though, you're around the team, you know, practice, you're there with them. Uh, this Odell Beckham injury, is is that a, is that a problem that's going to persist? Or or you think that, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's more of nothing? Oh, no, it's something. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a lingering injury and a concern. Um, I think Beckham's a guy who, you know, we like I was talking, you know, I and other people standing in front of him in the locker room on Monday night, and he just made a joke of the fact that he might not be ready for week one in Dallas because why, you know, why wouldn't I play in that game? But I think he was also relieved at that point that the x-rays came back negative, that nothing was broken because he probably thought it was worse when it happened. Um, but the, the morning after, it sounds like he didn't feel as well. That's how a lot of injuries like that happen, right? You know, you sprain an ankle, maybe with adrenaline you feel a little bit better, but the next day kind of reality sets in. Um, You know, there's a report that he's going to tomorrow start undergoing this type of laser treatment, basically, uh, that works on soft tissue injuries. So, you know, I think at this point it's probably about not trying to risk too much, you know, because he's so important to your team. No, you don't want to play week one without him. Uh, but you certainly don't want to risk anything long term. So he, you know, he should not play the rest of the preseason. And even if it means missing week one, it'd be better than missing uh, a substantial part of the year. But it's definitely a concern. I mean, I don't think you you should. I don't think you'll be seeing number thirteen before then. Yeah, you know, I mean, and they added Brandon Marshall this year. But I mean, he's not the guy. He's not. He's not Odell, obviously. And uh, how would they move on if if he if he's not there for week one or week two? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think Brandon Marshall could, you know, step in and be your number one and just be a different type of number one. Um, you know, I think it would, you know, you would go back to the run game, go back to the fact that they have Red Ellison and um, they want to play like a punch-you-in-the-mouth style football. I think you'd see a lot of double tight end sets in that regard. I think you'd see a lot of uh, trickeration, you know. I, I, you know, I think Beckham is that game-breaker, right? Yeah. We lost the call. Oh, we, got, we saw. We'll, we'll get. We'll get him back on. I. I like what he was saying there, yeah, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think the hardest part with Odell Beckham not being there is going to be. I mean, he's, he's irreplaceable, you, you, you know, right? He's irreplaceable, but you still have Shepard. You still have Shepard, and you still have. You you can put yeah. Roger Lewis Jr. In there, in there because he made big plays. Yeah. He didn't make a lot of plays, but he made the play. The plays he did make, they were big. And I think that's what's most important is you still have you still have those those game changing receivers. Okay, Pat's back with us here. Sorry about that, Pat. I don't know what happened, but we are uh, we're, we're right back with you. Uh, you were saying about um, if Odell is not ready for Week One, you know, basically, well, you know, if he's yeah. not ready, the world ends, right? Our <laughs> are all Apparently, yeah. Appar- no, everything everything goes to yeah, exactly. Um, no, so I think I think with Marshall in the lineup, but no Beckham. You're just looking for, I think Marshall could handle the number one receiver load just in a different way, but what you'd be looking for is who's going to break the big play. You know, Beckham gives you that even when he's not actually producing. He gives you the threat of taking it to the end zone at any point. Uh, 60 yards, 80 yards, doesn't matter. So would Paul Perkins be that guy out of the backfield? Would Roger Lewis step in and be that guy? Tavares King, um, you know, my pick would be Evan Engram. Um, there were some concerning things with Engram in that second preseason game, though, as far as 
you know, picking up the blocking scheme, uh, picking up audibles. Uh, he tripped trying to block through one hole. So, you know, he's a rookie. I mean, those things are going to happen. But I just love his big playability down the middle of the field. I think Eli Manning does, too. Okay, uh, hey, Pat. Um, you know, like, everybody was talking about the hit and whether it was a dirty hit or not. You know, everybody had their own opinion. And we all saw the little clip of Odell, like, you know, saying, nah, you know, it's football. Did you feel like any he or any other players in the locker room took exception to that or were upset about it? Definitely. Um, Landon Collins was very angry about it. DRC was very angry about it. Uh, Damon Harrison was seemed more upset with the uh, Cleveland fans for booing Beckham, which seemed to be related to Beckham kind of throwing the ball at Body Calhoun after he got up because he was frustrated about the hit. Beckham was mad about it, no question. I mean, he stared at him, you know, as he walked back to the sideline. Uh, I just think I think it, Beckham, I think wanted the hit to speak for itself because I think. It was obvious to everybody that even if it, you know, whether it was legal or illegal, it was a pretty nasty hit, especially for a preseason game. Um, you know, so I think Landon Collins said he doesn't respect somebody who would play like that in the preseason. I know, I think it was, was it Gruden or somebody calling the game said they thought um, that, the, that the defensive back had slipped going into the hit, though I'm not totally sure about that. Uh, but no, the Giants, the Giants weren't happy about it at all. Um, I just think Beckham let his teammates do the talking. Also on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Eli Manning, obviously starting quarterback, the backup quarterback situation, uh, very interesting so far. Uh, we uh, we were joking around in the, in the box uh, against against the Steelers, and I, th- I forgot who said the second comment, but I said the first comment to somebody. I said, I'm waiting for Geno to get inside the 30 for Geno to start becoming Geno, and then the next play he threw a pick. And yeah, no, uh, exactly. Yeah, so at this point in time, like you and I were both talking at practice today, people care about Geno. People want to see how this thing is going to pan out. From what you've seen from the other three quarterbacks, who do you think is going to be the number two? I think it's Geno as long as he doesn't do what you said, is turn the ball over in the red zone. Um, and he said that to us today too, right? He said, like a, somebody asked him what he has to do to, to make the team and in this game, and he said a couple things, and then he said, and I have to finish drives. And what he means by that is not only putting points on the board, but he means, look, I'm doing some good things to get us into a good position, and I just can't make that huge error. Like, he knows it. Um, you know, it's no secret. And, you know, the first game against uh, Pittsburgh, he threw one in their own territory that put, gave the Steelers great field position. And now against the Browns, he throws one right down at the goal line, and so that results in the Giants still not having scored even a touchdown in these first two preseason games. Um, McAdoo, you know, I thought McAdoo's answer today about Geno Smith showed you that he is the number two and will win the backup job if he doesn't turn it over because he said he's getting the playbook down, he knows football, you know, he's competitive, he throws a nice ball. You know, he basically complimented everything about his game, and then said, "Buddy's got to take care of football." So, <laughs> to me, that says, <laughs> yeah, that says say to that. me, that, yeah, that says, that says to me, I want this guy to make this team, but he's just got to show me that he deserves it on Saturday. Now, you, you see Josh Johnson, and you know, I don't think it takes like a seasoned analyst to realize he's just not cutting it. He doesn't stay. He doesn't stay in the pocket. He has like erratic throws. Don't you think that Josh Johnson's performance warrants just a little bit more time for Davis Webb? Hmm. Um, I, I know. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I mean, 
last game was was odd. Like they were, they didn't intend fully for that to wait work out the way it did. Um, you know, I think a couple of the drives went longer than they expected, and then basically Johnson got edged out too, not just Webb. But you know, Davis Webb is. I'll say this too. First of all, Webb is has not been lighting practice on fire. Like there's no like we're not we're there at practice every day, and I mean he's making good, some good throws. Don't get me wrong, but he really is developing in the true sense of the word. Like he's learning a difficult offense. Um, he's learning, you know, whether it's taking snaps under center on occasion, uh, all the cadences. Um, and he also really hasn't worked enough with even the second team offense to just throw him into a game for a significant amount of time. Um, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, you know, Johnson has not shown a ton as far as feeling confident in him as a number two. I, I totally get it. Though one thing they liked about Johnson last year was, if you remember, Eli is so durable that a lot of times they're looking at the backup here as, you know, it's not necessarily, oh, how will he look in a game? Like last year, Josh Johnson drew their confidence by knowing the playbook and being really good on the scout team and developing a lot of chemistry with a lot of guys on the team in practice so they liked him as a teammate and kind of as a leader a guy who could prepare the defense um you know running the scout team and such so there's all those factors that go into it so those are where his strengths also lie uh but i think to your point you have to be prepared for that eventuality that maybe one time eli will go down and that's why i I still think gino's the guy among this group um but you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out Webb starting to get more time and acclimated, and maybe they change their mind later in the year if he starts to progress uh, quicker than expected. Pat, from a media perspective, um, we, you know, we sat there today and we were listening to to McAdoo talk, and he he gets frustrated with us. Let's just let's just call a spade a spade. I think I I think from a media perspective, what is one of the more difficult parts of your job that a lot of people don't understand? Huh. Um, well, it, you know, it, it's different. Be, well, it's tough in the sense that as a reporter, you always want to get the information, the truth, so that you want to tell the story. And in sports, increasingly with more PR and, you know, coaches understanding more and more what they're able to get away with or what they don't have to tell you, uh, there's a lot of you know, deflections, there's a lot of non-answers, there's a lot of evasiveness. Um, and then that, that's a prerogative a lot of times. I mean, I, you know, I'm not asking Ben McAdoo to walk up on the podium and show us all uh, Beckham's, you know, MRI on a chalkboard, you know. Um, but what makes it difficult is if he gives an answer. For example, yesterday, Valentino Blake, turns out he was in the process of deciding to leave the team. And when asked about that, uh, McAdoo's answer was we had to leave a few guys inside today and that almost is a misleading answer because what he's implying is that he's in the, is that Blake is in the same boat as somebody else and you're thinking well the only other guys in there are hurt so is he hurt and the answer to that is no but there's no answer to what's happening so you're trying to convey the truth to the fans and you're trying to tell the story accurately to convey the situation here's the depth corner situation Here's why this happened. Here's why the Giants uh, weren't ready for this, et cetera. But you can't accurately tell it. So that's one difficult aspect of it. But, again, especially in the preseason where these injury reports aren't required uh, by Vegas, essentially, um, it's, it's their right to tell us or not tell us whatever they want. 
So it's almost like Tom Brady's on the injured reserve list for the whole entire season, like 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 <laughs> with the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the right <laughs> shoulder, probably. Yep. Yep. Uh, Pat, you know, you did touch on uh, the fact that they it's only two games, but they haven't scored a touchdown. They, uh, in many uh, in many people's eyes, they've been regarded as a Super Bowl team. Uh, could be a contender one day uh, this year. Is that is that is that uh, is that should that be concerned for for the Giants moving forward? A concern that a, con- a concern what that they that they, are, ca- they can't they, they haven't scored a touchdown yet. Oh um, yeah, no question. Um, especially because they've been in position to do so, and for one reason or another, they've shot themselves in the foot. Like in the first game against Pittsburgh, you know, no one gives Josh Johnson any credit for throwing the touchdown pass that he threw to Roger Lewis because Lewis stepped out of bounds and it didn't count. But Johnson made a good throw, but Lewis made a bad decision, didn't reestablish himself, and it doesn't count. And so there's little instances like that that then lead to an offense not producing. Or then there's the bigger mistakes, right, like Gallman fumbling, Geno interception, uh, you know, on successive drives, I think it was in Cleveland. Um, it's more about, especially coming off a year when the offense was such a weakness for this team, and where Beckham was basically bailing them out left and right. Like, with I mean, big plays, only, yeah. With, own, yeah. With those big plays. Be, yeah, yeah. Totally. Like, you have to be human. If you're on the Giants offense, you have to be human and sit there and say, man, I really need some positive reinforcement of what we're doing because I haven't gotten any yet. Yeah. Um, so that's to me, you know, I think they need to get in the end zone just to feel like they can, they can they get need. there. They know they can score touchdowns, or they can get there and they can get there regularly and they can fully uh, opposing defenses. Pat, you know, I just want to finish off. Uh, first off, we really appreciate you coming on, giving us a few minutes tonight. But I just want to finish off in, by saying thank you. Um, you know, I I love being there, and this is you know obviously I take advantage of this opportunity is, is to share it with these guys as much as I can. And you're one of the guys who always treat me with respect and, and treat everybody with respect. And sometimes it's a little tough around there and intimidating with you, with you big guys around like that. So it's uh, you know always always a big thank you. No, it was uh, ter- terrific working with you, and uh, really enjoyed coming on with you guys. And uh, please, we would love to have you back uh, during yeah, the season sure. this year to keep us updated. Yeah. And uh, I will see you Saturday night. Of course, yeah, Jets-Giants, let's do it. Let's do Thanks that. a lot, Pat. Actually, Pat, real quick, before you go, one quick question about Jets-Giants. Do you feel sure. that this game, not that I don't think this preseason game doesn't always have a lot of juice to it, because I always just think it's because of the fan bases. Do, do you feel that this year, because of the Jets situation, that it's more of just like another preseason exercise for the Giants at this point? Um. I feel like I feel like it actually might get a little more serious to, as a, of a game than we realize because I actually think because of the Jets season might not turn out to be much. I think they I think they're you know they're they're going to try to prove something against the Giants. You know everyone's talking about the Giants as Super Bowl contender, contender dumping on the Jets. Um, you know like I wrote today about uh, like I talked to Justin Pugh about the whole like little Twitter war with Mo Wilkerson. Uh, where Pew made fun of the jet, all the Jets hats still being in the airport, and Mo Wilkerson said, "You have a, you have the red dot on your head now." Um, you know, I think the Jets are coming coming for blood here. I mean, I think they they're going to want to make a point. Plus, you have the Giants are poaching all these players from the Jets. You know, Brandon <laughs> Marshall, Geno Smith, Damon Harrison. These guys are all jumping ship because they want to win. Um, you know, I think the Jets probably take it a little personally, and for a Giants team that can't run the ball. 
they're about to go up against one of the better defensive fronts in the league. So, you know, I think it could get ugly early as far as in the trenches, trying to establish dominance, Jets fighting for respect because they might not get any once the regular season starts. And the Giants are, you know, whether they're playing the Jets or not, I think they just have a lot to prove still. I mean, I know it's only the preseason, but they have a tough schedule, and I think this is a perfect opportunity for them to really see what they're made of in some of the areas that they haven't performed in. Pat, real quick, let everybody know where they can find you. Yes, I'm on Twitter, at P. Leonard, NYDN, uh, and at the Daily News website, it's nydailynews.com backslash sports. Uh, you can also watch me on SNY, uh, the Mets television station. I'm on Daily News Live, basically weekly, uh, once to twice to three times a week, talking all New York sports. But the Giants is my thing, so thanks for having me on to talk about it, and um Thanks for the follows, and really appreciate uh, really appreciate all the questions and the time from you guys. Uh, thank you, thank and, you, Pat. Uh, yeah, we'll see, thank we'll, you. We'll see you on Saturday. Great. Have a good night. You got it. That was awesome. And now we're going to switch gears to Saturday night again. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, let's bring in our good friend from uh, Metro Sports, formerly of the Harlem Times. Let's bring in our good buddy Jason Leach. Jason, how you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, very well, man. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Listen, we have Steve Spann up here. We have Anthony Zarita here. Obviously, we just had our buddy from the Giants, uh, Pat Leonard, on with us. So he, he's with the Daily News. So, and uh, Pat, you know, Jay, you and I will be—I'll I'll be seeing you Saturday night too. <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, you will. Uh, should be an interesting uh, preseason game. You know, uh, definitely, um, definitely with that. I agree with you on that. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's a great opportunity for them to get uh, into the end zone. Giants offensive line, but we'll see what happens. Now, one of the big reasons we wanted to have you on tonight, not is just to, not just to talk football, but also talk about the big Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight. You are a boxing guy. You cover a lot of the big fights uh, in this area. Are, are people underestimating Conor McGregor, or are we? Is this really going to be just a spectacle? Collect the money and let's move on to the next thing. Oh, it's a spectacle, man. It's like uh, going to the circus or going to the amusement park. I mean, Conor McGregor has absolutely no chance of winning. Uh, you know, barring a freak injury, like maybe Mayweather could wreck his Achilles, you know, something to that extent, but outside of that, there, there's just simply no way. I mean, Floyd's been a boxer. He actually, he, his dad put boxing gloves on him when he was 18 months. I mean, he's been doing this for over 22 years. You know, McGregor, give him all the respect when it comes to MMA, that's a totally different ball game. You know, MMA, you fight with four-ounce gloves. Uh, you fight barefooted. The ring's different, etc. I mean, he has absolutely, positively no chance of winning this fight. Well, what about, uh, like, on TV they've been saying if he lands the big punch. He lands the big punch. So you're saying even if he lands the big punch, there's no shot? Of course not. I mean, he lands the big punch, okay. He has, he's a decent power puncher, you know, but that's with four-ounce gloves. And Mayweather has an excellent chin. I mean, guess how many times Mayweather's been knocked down in his professional career by a punch? Not many. Just take a guess. Not many. <laughs> Zero. Zero. He's never been knocked down by a punch. And this is him fighting guys like Miguel Cotto, Canelo Alvarez, Oscar De La Hoya, Shea Mosley, you know, guys who've been boxers, professional boxers for years, and are either in the Hall of Fame or one day will be in the Hall of Fame. And they couldn't knock Mayweather down, let alone beat him. So 
to think McGregor has a chance, it's uh, it's laughable. I mean, I know Mayweather's 40, coming off a 23-month layoff, but, I mean, come on. A guy making his boxing debut against one of the all-time greats? Nah, it, it, it's silly to think uh, McGregor has a chance. In terms of strategy, uh, do you think you have? Would you give him like? What do you think McGregor's strategy strategy should be to give him the best shot? Even though it's a it's a tiny chance, like do you think just go nuts on him for the first for the first round? Do you think is let best say stay back? Even though you know what do you, what do you got? Uh, I would say come out strong because Mayweather has been away for twenty three months, so you know rush him. See if you could maul um, him in the corner because McGregor is the stronger fighter. So maybe try to maul him and try to set him up to throw a haymaker that could land on his, on his chin, you know, because um, you're obviously not going to outbox him. You know, you have no chance of winning that decision. Your only slim, slim, slim chance is to land a haymaker and um, knock Mayweather out. And on the same token, do you think, how seriously is Floyd taking this fight? Because you saw, if you watch uh, MMA, UFC, as I'm sure you do, like you saw like Anderson Silva get cocky and then he gets knocked out is there any chance that floyd maybe take this take this a little easy like not take it easy but he might just slip he might just you know zone out for just that split second to knock him down and maybe finish the fight oh no definitely not because floyd knows if he were to lose this fight he'd be the uh, laughing stock of the year it would uh tarnish absolutely tarnish his legacy it would be a big slap in the face to boxing and besides mayweather's kids and, and his money, he cares most about that undefeated record, having that O, and have the chance to go 50-0 Saturday night. So I I know he's taking this fight very seriously. You know, he's going for the knockout from what he said, and I believe he'll get it probably in around the uh, seventh round. Jay, the big thing also is after this match, or after this match, after this fight, what's next for Floyd Mayweather? Uh, he said it will tire and uh, I'm pretty sure he'll stick to that because, like I said, this fight is a spectacle. Um, he'll be 41 in February, so I don't see him getting back to boxing again. Um, there's, there won't be another boxer that could bring about a uh, nine-figure payday for him, not even if it's uh, the winner of Triple G, Canelo. I mean, he already beat Canelo, so I think this will be the last time we see him in the boxing ring. And now let's quickly move over to football with you. Uh, Saturday night we have the Giants and the Jets. Uh, it it doesn't just it does just doesn't seem like it has the juice that it's that's had in the past because of the way the Jets situation is. Your take on what's what's been going on right now with the New York Jets and the New York Giants? Well, in regards to the Giants, well, look at the Jets first because they're not really much to talk about them. Um, you know, this season is going to be hard for the fans. You know, they don't have much. There's only uh, skill players. The uh, quarterback situation is abysmal. Um, you're not sure who's gonna, who the starter's going to be at this point. Uh, they do have a good front seven. But outside of that, the uh, roster is there. And they're probably looking at a 3-13, uh, 4-12 season at best. Uh, for the Giants, you know, it's the same story that we've talked about for the past years, the offensive line. You know, skill-wise, they're... They might be the most talented team in the NFC, um, but the offensive line continues to be a major concern, and they're going to get a, a great test Saturday night going against the Jets' front seven. So if the offensive line doesn't start clicking and 
you know, making holes for Paul Perkins and uh, protecting Eli better, sure, the Giants can make the playoffs. They could go 10-6 possibly or maybe 11-5, but they won't reach the ultimate goal, which is winning the Super Bowl. Jake, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jason K. Leach, and you can find my articles at Elite Sports NY. Jay, man, thanks for coming on and talking with, talk with us for a few minutes tonight. Hopefully we can get you up in studio one of these days. Yeah, hopefully, man. I look forward to it. All right, man. Thanks for giving a call. All right, take it easy. You got it. All right, bye. Go from J- J- uh, Big Jason Leach to our man Eric Webb. Eric, how are you tonight? I'm good. How you guys doing? Not, there's not much going on this week. <laughs> not much going on. Yeah, slow sports week, you know. Yeah, slow, slow sports week. So Steve, Steve missed you. You know, Steve really missed always, you. Always, from week to week <laughs> basis. You know, I, I, I can't wait till you call into the end of the show. You know, I get, I get my <laughs> basketball fill though through you. You know, <laughs> likewise. Um, so all right, so let, we'll hit on the four main topics with you and you quickly because we're down to the final minutes of the show here. I'm going to give you the, the the main four topics we've had tonight, and give your let's voice your opinion. Okay, so we'll start with the Kyrie Isaiah Thomas trade. What's your take? Um, I think it's a win-win situation, but it depends how you look at it. Um, from a competitive standpoint, I think the Cavs won just because you know even though it's um questionable with Isaiah Thomas's hip, they got a guy who finished third in scoring and like for the whole league and top of the Eastern Conference. So. I think that's great because that was a worry I had if they were going to get rid of Kyrie and just have Rose as their starting point guard because I know that that would be a drop-off in three-point shooting, but they don't really have that anymore. So I'm glad that happened. They got Jay Crowder. He's going to play defense. Other guy, I don't, I don't know about him, honestly. And then um, they have a 2018 first-round draft pick, which is going to be great to make them even stronger. And obviously, you know, the Celtics know what they're getting with Kyrie, who's a proven scorer. He's a champion, makes big shots, and has great ball-handling skills. So from a financial standpoint... The Celtics won, I would say, just because I heard the other day how, um, you know, Kyrie has two years on his contract. I mean, I already knew about that. But Isaiah Thomas, you know, the Cavs are going to have to worry about what they're going to do with him next summer, whether or not they want to extend him long term. And I'm, I'm not sure how much cap space they're going to have. So it depends on how you look at it. But I think it's still a win win situation. Hey, Erica, it's Anthony. Do you think, like, Golden hey, State yeah. is kind of laughing at all this? Everybody's trying to figure out who's better, who won, who's better, uh, Boston, Cleveland, Boston, Cleveland, Boston, Cleveland. But. Everybody is almost conceding the fact that they're still not as good as Golden State. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they're definitely sitting back laughing at it. But it's kind of like what the Heat went through 2010 through 2014. Like, just sitting back laughing at who's, you know, what the teams in other conference are doing to try to beat them. But it must be pretty good to be in that position. Mm-hmm. There was a thing on Twitter, and they said, meanwhile, in the Western Conference, and they just had Steph Curry drinking a glass of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're just sitting back watching. Yeah, he's just watching the whole entire time. He's like, all right, well, <laughs> you guys can just rip each other apart, rip each other's rosters apart. We'll be over here looking at our gold ring. And, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, we'll be all right. Um, meanwhile, everyone else is losing it. I will say it adds to um, the story, though, how, like, D-Wade might join them. Because that actually doesn't surprise me. I know we spoke about this the other night when we were on the phone. But um, I actually was surprised D-Wade opted into his contract. So, you know, with that being said, this doesn't surprise me. They're going to have a buyout, and that would be great if he joined LeBron. Obviously, he's not as young as he was when they were together before, but he's still an important piece. Well, it'll be very interesting, too, because if he opts out, first off, he opted in while they still had Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Like the day after Wade opted in, Jimmy Butler got traded. So yeah. I think what's going to end up happening is they'll they'll buy him out, and then they're going to say to him, "Look, you want to you know you want to be out of here, 
that's fine. Where are you going to go? Cleveland's going to end up going to. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Wade's going to end up going to Cleveland. Yeah, I would and then, love that. And then from there, what happens with Carmelo Anthony? That's the real, real question. Everybody in here keeps looking at me like oh, I, I have three heads when I bring up the idea <laughs> of Carmelo Anthony ending up with the Cavaliers and not with the Rockets. But yeah. I, I think this is a real thing. You know, this is a real, op- real thing that can happen. Anthony, what's up? Uh, you know, everybody talks about like you know, like the whole like reuniting, you know, like the banana boat like squad, you know. But by the time that LeBron, Chris Paul, Carmelo, Wade are on the same team, like, I mean, maybe like seven years ago, that would have been like inconceivable. But now it's kind of just like, well, they're still not as fast, and they're still like by by that time, they're all kind of like on the back nine. Yeah, I mean, with this happening, like it's a slim chance, I think. With you know, Melo ending up in the Cavs if they were to do a trade, but in this scenario, this specific scenario where where Carmelo has a no trade clause, there's three parties that have to be pleased. It's the Cavs, the Knicks, and Carmelo. So the only way I see him going to the Cavs is if the Cavs give up a twenty their twenty eighteen first round draft pick they just got from Brooklyn and um Derek Rose and possibly another player. That's the only way I see them doing that. And then Carmelo would have to give the final, you know, yeah or nay on that. But what would they really would they really give back up? Would, would, would Derrick Rose really go back there after uh, he just turned down like an offer from the Knicks? You have to look at it. He, he signed a deal for two million dollars. He could have taken a lot. He took a lot less money to go play with Cleveland. And before yeah. he even plays a game with the Cavaliers, he's right back in New York, <laughs> where he was last season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how pleased he would be with that, but I, that's the only way I see him doing that unless they decide to come off of another player. I mean, I know Shumpert's the name we always hear on the trading block. Well, you know, you still have you can still not bring the uh, the draft pick involved with it, and then you end up being either Isaiah Thomas or um, Kevin Love in this situation. But like, if you decide to do, if Isaiah Thomas makes the most sense from a Knicks perspective. You can bring him in; he'll be here for a year. You can decide whether you want to st- uh, keep him or not. Remember, Derrick Rose, you can't trade him until December fifteenth because of the way the Players Association oh, yeah, right. handles that. So you can trade their, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, and maybe another player keep that draft pick, bring Carmelo in, and then uh, you know. But then, but then you're relying on Derrick Rose to be able to play 82 games. Yeah, so. and that's the thing. Like that worries me because I would say, like you know, you don't. Well, we're in like an era of point guards, so that would kind of worry me personally. If like if they don't have a star point guard, but then again, LeBron and the, and the Heat made it work when they had Chalmers starting at the one. So you know, it would be interesting to see how that goes. All right. Well, Eric, man, listen, we appreciate you coming out. Well, let me just throw one other one other story at you, and you can let me know. Um, you, you know, when I met you, you were covering the Giants, and we had Odell Beckham, uh, the whole situation there right now with his injury. What's your take on Odell? Was it a dirty hit? And do you expect him in the in uniform for the opening game? Yeah, I was just listening to him before I came on, and I agree. I, I mean, I think it's a dirty hit. I understand Collins and the rest of the guys even being upset because they obviously, you know, know best what, what's a clean hit, what's a dirty hit. Even – even though they're, you know, the team's kind of biased because they're on the team that of a guy that got hurt, but I think yeah, it's a dirty hit. It's you know a hit that should not have been made in a preseason game. But then again, you know I did, I couldn't tell you who that guy was before that hit. So you know it's all business. He wants to make make a name for himself, and I think that's what that was. Awesome man. I right, listen, Eric. We'll see you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Yes, for sure. <laughs> you take care, man. You got it. <laughs> you do. He is our Dark Knight. Ah, love that guy. <laughs> love, love Eric. We send the signal out, and all of a sudden, Eric Webb calls him. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big W in the sky, you know? Did you see the commercial on HBO for the new Curb Your Enthusiasm season? Ooh. 
No, but I'm going to check that out, though. Okay, I'll yeah. show it to you before oh, yeah. before I leave. I'll show it to you. Oh, yeah. They have, like, you know, like the Batman single? Oh, yeah. It's actually... It's, it, it's, it's his Larry, face. Larry, it's his face. And he, so Is it really? And, and it shows oh, yeah. him sitting there looking out the window in his bed. Someone calls me. He goes, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you are you a, a curb guy, too? I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've been meaning to binge it because oh, I've, I've seen Larry David on SNL. And, and yeah. he, he just he just makes me laugh so much every time I've got to watch his show. Uh, the, the show is uh, – were you a Seinfeld fan, though, or – uh no I I, I never so, really yeah, I, I've seen yeah, episodes but I, he's young he, he's young. Well, he was born they had two yeah. seasons left yeah yeah it was done with yeah, before he was born I, I was yeah. gonna say by the time before was, like, he was conscious. like able to like you know comprehend thoughts they were it was over. over it was over it was over uh, what was they call what do they call um the uh, they call Larry David the awkward assassin guy's amazing he, he's just like Love him is Barry uh well, not Barry Sanders um Bernie Sanders on uh on SNL. Every single time was hilarious. Yeah, like there was yeah, never yeah. a time where he did it and it wasn't just. If, if you loved him as, be- uh, this guy, you know, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. He did a great job yeah, playing yeah, Barry yeah. Sanders. We love you, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> if you loved him as Bernie Sanders on uh, SNL, I mean, you gotta watch the show Curb. You'll, okay. uh, the guy is uh, beyond Bernie Sanders. Like, oh, man. Do you have, do you have a favorite thing from uh, Larry uh, from Curb? Hmm. Like episode. Is there like yeah? Is there a favorite episode? I have oh, a favorite man. episode. Uh, so many, so many to choose from. That when he was when he got stuck on the ski lift was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I find the Mister Softy episode in, in New York uh-huh. and when he looks at um, JB Smooth, and this is not meaning to sound like racist or anything, but when he was talking to JB Smooth and he says you should consider wearing glasses, he says people who go out of their way they revere black men who wear glasses. He says, if you if a black man with glasses goes against a white man for the job, glasses gets the job, hands down. <laughs> Later wow, in the uh, episode, yeah, he yeah. puts the glasses on, and all these good things happen to him. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I remember <laughs> that one. I gotta check that it's one. Out in, it's in the New York. It's in uh-huh. New York. The New York. New York well, it's, I mean, JB Smooth. So it's probably one of the last couple seasons. It was. Know? It was the second yeah, last episode. Second, oh, really? All right. Yeah, yeah. And now he's coming back in uh, October. October first. Yeah. Oh man! Quick, quick show suggestion: Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, huh? Hilarious! It, it's a, it's like it's animated, uh-huh. but it's on Adult Swim. It's hilarious. Animated Adult Swim. I'm in. All right, yeah, hey, you sold I'll me. I'll try. That's it. Yeah. I'll, listen, I'm game. All I need to know. It's hilarious. I'm, I'm trying to do I'm my game. best now to stay away from game. television. Yeah. Oh no. I'm don't really do that. dumb. <laughs> don't do that. Oh, dude, like, there's. Do, do you guys watch Game? Speaking of, I don't. No. Okay. How about Hard Knocks? You guys been watching? Hard I Knocks? watched. I was in the middle of watching the episode, but then I switched to the Yankee game, and then there was all those fights. I was like, I can't turn away. Okay. This. All right. I've been. Uh, I got off the phone earlier today with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back sports page. will start beginning uh, next week. Yeah. In their coverage of excited the man. That's yeah. it's good. It's good stuff right yeah. there. Um, all right. So we are out of here. Eight o'clock on the dot. Uh, wow. Really appreciate mm. everybody. All Anthony right. Zarita, thank you. Steve Spanoff, thank you. Uh, follow the show on uh, Twitter, uh, Off Topic BSP. I'm on Twitter. Steve's on Twitter. Oh yeah. Anthony's on Twitter too. Yes, he is. Uh, we're all we're all on Twitter. Anthony, give your. We'll go around in a circle. Give us your Twitter account. My my. You can just search Anthony Zarita or underscore Ant Zarita. It's not that complicated. Okay. Uh, yeah, s- yeah. Start with the underscore. You're already like a step behind. It's Wait, you start with an underscore? It's just at underscore Anzarita. That's it. At underscore. 
Like so the, you start the, with the, at. the handle is so like I just have to say at to be clear. Oh, oh, oh yeah. So it's not yeah. at, at, I, I, on okay, Twitter. Right. I'm at underscore and at, Zarita. So it's I'm not, not going to lie to you. Actual at sign then, right? No, I'm not going to lie to you. This is really confusing to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you get confused by that, I don't want you following me. Oh man, that's funny. I'm at Steve Spain up on Twitter and Snapchat. If I ever do, you know, post a Snapchat, I usually don't. Instagram, Instagram is Steve Spain. Steve Spanos. So. Yeah, no relation to the uh, San Diego Chargers owner. Okay, and uh, that uh, I know of. Didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you were, you would not be here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would yeah. be. He would be like on a beach somewhere. He'd be announcing for the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, hey, Unk, you got to help me out, man. You know, put I'm me, at, put me in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so oh Lord. I'm at Randy BSP uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks, uh, thanks very much for for uh, to Pat Leonard, uh, yeah. Jason Leach. Bill Ingram, Asaf Langer, Eric Webb, thank you guys so much for calling in tonight. Sure. I really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, until next week, thanks again. We'll see you guys then. Otherwise, uh, peace, we're out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're gone. See us. <laughs> <laughs>